she raps? Hello. Hello. It's natural. It's natural. T-A-double-B-double-O-O. One calorie taboo. I've got a big smile and a hairy butt. And I got one thing that they don't got. It's natural. For me, it's natural, G. Yo, yo, see, for me, two hot pussies bumping in the night. There's not even a single guy in sight. They're dykes. It's oh. what they like. For them, it's natural. Bryce speaking. Hello. So my name's Richard. I work for a radio show. Are you familiar with the Howard Stern show? Wait, wait a second. Is this like Alan Richard? Yeah, yeah, that's me, oh, Richard. Like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's my leg. I listen to you all the time. Would you freak out if you got to talk to Howard? Are you kidding? <laughs> Hey now, hey now, it's Howard Stern, how are you? Oh my god, Howard, hi, this how, is Bryce. How are you, Bryce? This is so exciting, I, I'm, I'm amazing, you know, I just got your book, and like, it is the greatest read I've ever had. Thank you, thank you. It is well, the greatest. I'm glad you like the book, let's get down to business. Uh, I'm coming out to Los Angeles to uh, inaugurate the new Sirius XM Studios, and uh, yeah. there's some things that they consider too risque for Richard and Sal to do in my studio, and I was wondering if we can use your gay nightclub to do these stunts. Is that okay? Howard, my club is your club. Anything you need. Thank you. The first thing uh, we're going to do is hang Richard and Sal upside down from your ceiling, and they will have cups in their mouths, and they will piss oh my into their own cups with their penises. The person with the most piss wins. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. <laughs> and, and we have an area uh, that was, it's perfect for it because like, it's got a cement floor, so it doesn't matter if piss gets all over the floor. Um, if you want, I can even get a special strap that you can hang Richard and Sal upside down with. It'll be my pleasure. Hey, now, you're talking my language. The next uh, game we have is who can John Hine rape? He will so. chase these uh, two idiots, Richard and Sal, around a table in your club, and the first one he tackles, he could fuck. Howard, that might be a little difficult because of the laws here, but we can work something out, you know. I just want to make sure everybody's safe. Hey, now, safety first. The next thing I like to do is chloroform Richard Christie oh, and then depants him, put him in a dress and lipstick, and wake him up on my lap. Oh, my God, that, that is awesome. Yes, definitely on that one, 100%. Okay, this next one's called Balls or Vagina. Uh, we blindfold Sal and Richard and Excuse have me? the... Yes. I, I don't think so. Well, listen to Howard, the... Listen no to, vagina in this club at all. Just a portion. Sorry, Howard. I mean, vaginas are just icky and... Hey, now, it's understood. Strictly <laughs> cock and balls. Howard, it is my honor to be a part of this. I can supply as many men as you need with... Uh, well, thank you, and uh, we'll be in touch. <laughs> hey now, bye bye. I'll talk to you soon. Welcome to the Howard Stern Show. Today's special celebrity chef, Rachel Ray. Okay, so now we got four balls. Jam the onions into one side of each of our balls. Enjoy. Hey now. 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 Good morning, everyone. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. I see they're uh, starting in again with this Christmas. The um, 
Fox News is waging their annual war on Christmas again. You know, they're upset. Or saying the war on Christmas is being waged. Yes. And it all comes down to Starbucks. I don't know when Starbucks became the thing, but... Well, they're the lightning rod with that cup they issue every year. Yeah, they have a cup that says Merry Coffee and... (laughs) <laughs> Somehow, Fox News thinks that uh, Christmas is being taken away from them because Starbucks. First of all, when did Starbucks become the the company that's in charge of Christmas? I don't know. And how you feel about Christmas in this country. When did it's they weird. get that? And who made Fox News the arbiters of what is Christmas? And what is Christmassy enough? Well, I think this all comes from the religious right. Yeah. And Fox is just taking up the cause. Because that's a lot of their viewers. It's all about the coffee cup. If the coffee cup said, you know, if it had Christ being crucified, then everything would be good. Well, not on his birthday. You should have the nativity scene. Okay. (laughs) But Fox News looks at... Merry Christmas. In other words, you can't look at a company like Starbucks and what they put on a cup and then judge the, the condition of Christmas. You can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. They did it. They did it. I don't like it. (laughs) Don't say something that's actually happening can't happen. And the other thing is these gender reveal parties. I I didn't realize what an epidemic they are. People are convinced that you should have a party. And in order to announce when you find out what sex your baby's going to be and you want to announce it to your friends, you just don't call them up. You go. Come to a party, and somehow we will reveal the party. And I guess, because guys have nothing to do with these parties, they have been doing things that are getting people killed. People, people yeah, getting... they're building bombs to, yeah. to celebrate the birth Listen of their to this. Child. I read this. A couple <laughs> hired a plane to fly low over their party. Have you heard about this? Mm-mm. And released 350 gallons of water to reveal the sex of their unborn baby. In this case, the water was pink. Because it was a girl. Once the plane released the water, it stalled, it crashed, and caused the minor caused like caused the minor injuries. I mean, You're they right. got off lucky. Yeah, it didn't kill anybody this time. The one where they built the bomb, it killed yeah. the woman. Last month, uh, a woman died in a gender reveal explosion. In 2017, gender reveal parties caused a wildfire in Arizona. I don't even know how yeah, that happened. They, they burned up a bunch of uh, <laughs> things because obviously sparks went off. With whatever they did. And my theory is it's that the dads get involved because, the, you know, guys don't get They've got to have something to do. Right. right. So they start blowing shit up. Yeah. You know, dad started cooking uh, Christmas or Thanksgiving turkeys. Right. And houses burned down. <laughs> <laughs> but the part, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, who cares what you're having? I mean, the only people who should care are the parents. And the grandparents, maybe. Right. And then a couple of your friends, they could get a phone call when you get around to it. Here's the sad reality. You have to you have to stop trying to make every single moment of your boring life special. Life, you know. Well, that's the thing. I said, it seems to me now there are like 50 parties before you get married. Right. And 75 parties when you get pregnant. Right. You know, because there's the shower and what are we and the celebrating? Reveal, and the da, 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 you know, it's just ridiculous. Just for celebrating getting to put your penis in a woman, right? That's yeah. all that happened. That's you all know, that somebody happened. Somebody had sex. <laughs> yeah, pretty gross. 
And um, I, I was thinking about this. At first I thought, well, maybe it's bullshit. I know Judd Apatow's against it. Netflix is testing out a new feature to let people watch movies at faster speeds. First of all. I heard that, and I was like, what in the world is that? Who needs to watch a movie on high speed? I, maybe not a movie, but I was thinking, you know, I would like that for like, like I was watching the People's Choice Awards. And there's a lot of boring parts. There were certain people I wanted to see. I wanted to see Adam Sandler give uh, Jennifer Aniston an award. I wanted to watch Spade. Uh, there was maybe a musical group I wanted to see. But other than that, if I could watch it in double speed and, you know, and understand the words, but I don't need to understand every word, I think I'd like it. You're still going to fast forward to the, through those parts. I guess. And then, like, even these shows on the CW, like, like The Flash, like, I stopped watching that because it's so boring. Like, if I could watch that on double speed, I think I'd be back into it because... Maybe the Flash. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or maybe any of those shows. Like maybe the Arrow and the Flash. It's weird because I love superhero movies and shows, but on the CW they have a lot of cool ideas. They got Supergirl, they got the Flash, they got Batwoman, and I. You find know, the only one I watch anymore is that uh, Arrow? Black Lightning. Oh, no, Black Lightning. Light. I don't watch Black Lightning, and I don't watch Arrow anymore. I don't watch any of them, and it's like. Uh, I used to watch all of them and because they're superheroes, but I think if I could watch them on double speed, maybe that'd be good. You stopped watching them because they got boring. Yeah, they all have a very similar appearance and approach to how they do it. They're almost written by the same guy, I have a feeling. It's the same story over and over again. And for like Dancing with the Stars, which I don't watch on a regular basis, like I stopped once Sailor Brinkley Cook wasn't in it anymore. And, and You really did? Yeah, I really did. I liked watching her, but, <laughs> uh, but if I could watch dancing with the stars in seven minutes, I would, I would, I would use that feature. I think I like it. No, you don't. Because again, you're not going to watch Sean Spicer for two seconds. Well, that's true too. <sighs> I don't know. I'm, I might be into this. And they were only proposing it for movies. As well, far as I knew. I was talking to JD. He watched, uh, <laughs> this is great. I love the show, The Wire. It's one of the, if you never saw The Wire, they it's have it. It's a great on, show. It's on Netflix. You can watch it, it you know, stream it. Uh, you know, you'll watch it and you'll just go straight through because it it's so good. And he says he watched it in um, high speed. The oh, Wire. No. Yeah, I don't know how he did that. He watched it in double speed. So, uh, this is the thing. I agree with Judd Apatow because... People who write movies and these long-form television shows spend so much time on the story and the dialogue and the no. creation of characters eh. that to watch it on high speed is absolutely ridiculous. If you want to listen to my show on high speed, I don't care. might even be better. So no, you want to <laughs> savor every moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are parts that like people don't give a shit about. It. Then you can just end the kind of like, yeah, okay, I'd, I'd listen to that if it was... On high no. speed. Do you want to speed up JD bombing yesterday? Yeah. JD what do I care? As long as you subscribe. You won't get the effect. <laughs> it's okay. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. Um, I am a, I object. I don't actually. Judd's got to relax. I object to Netflix. <laughs> Judd's like, don't do that to my art. I'm like, eh, you know, come on. Calm down. Well, that's like taking a great painting and saying, I only want to see this part of it. Do whatever you want. <laughs> I don't even care. Like, there was a radio station that figured out, um, they were airing the Rush Limbaugh show, and they figured out how to kind of, like, clip it so that it would be sped up, but you're, you wouldn't really notice. You wouldn't notice. Uh, yeah. That way they could jam more commercials in. 
which was the whole idea. It's a commercial enterprise. And um, I don't know. I think people objected. By people, I mean, I mean, Limbaugh. I wouldn't care. <laughs> well, I mean, I would like to give you the opportunity to hear me in real time. But if you want to speed me up, you go ahead. John Hine agrees with you, though. He called it sacrilegious in here. We were talking about it. He says yes, you can't you can't terrible. do that. Yeah. Although I wish, like, in real life I had that. I, if I could double time some of Gary's stories, if I was just standing <laughs> well, that's there. that's different. <laughs> you didn't say Gary. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you. Okay. That was interesting. It was very fast. It was over. But I don't know. I was uh, reading. Well, this. you're one of those people who who watches movies on your phone. You're yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, yeah. By the way, <laughs> and fuck you, everybody. I love it. I watch blockbusters on my iPad. That is so sad. Uh, not for me. I love it. I love you it. You don't know what you're missing. I watched that last one with Thanos right on my iPad, and I loved it. Then you don't know the story. That's why you don't understand I, anything. Did I, you watch I Game of Thrones on your phone? Hold on, let me rewind you. I don't understand anything. No, I watch you Game of Thrones. You would always come in and say you didn't understand what happened on this week's episode. No. First of all, most of it was shot in the dark. And secondly, they had so many characters who I didn't give a fuck about. I didn't know what was going on. But if you're watching on. them on a phone, you're definitely not going to And go. by the way, I'm still watching The Walking Dead. I, I, I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I haven't seen one episode of the season. I haven't missed. I like it watching it it's very sad because i would be so anxious for every season when it was good to me that i couldn't wait for it to start up do you think i should talk to my psychiatrist i'm being serious now do you think i should talk to my psychiatrist about the fact that i'm obsessed with oprah like i i, I yes I, you should you do what do you think yeah. first of all because you are so you want to tell oprah how to live here's what's going on with me let me let, you, you could be the doctor I I follow Oprah on Instagram. And at first I did it, I was like, well, let me just see what she's up to. Yeah, it was supposed to be a goof. Like a goof. <laughs> You're like the guy who took heroin yeah. one time. And I got tricked. Because I, I, this is what got me thinking about this. There's a, a little item in uh, page six of the New York Post. Charlize Theron says Oprah Winfrey's Instagram is like online Xanax. At Glamour Women's of the Year honor, Theron told the crowd that she feels her role in the world is to create as much empathy as I can. But I'm talking more, I'm talking about more than just the feeling you get when you look at Oprah's Instagram feed. Although, believe me, that does a pretty good job at filling the void these days. Have you ever seen her holding vegetables that she grows in her garden? It's like Xanax. That's uh, Charlize Theron saying it. But I got to tell you, I'm uh, watching this Oprah. I hope she doesn't unfollow me. Or uh, not unfollow me. Unfriend you. Uh, Yeah, unfriend (laughs) me or whatever you call it on Instagram. (laughs) But I go nuts from it. First of all, I sit there. You know, she has a very lavish lifestyle. And she also appears to be having so much fun. And when I say a lavish lifestyle, I I don't know. I go nuts from her. I mean, maybe I'm in love with her. I don't know what it is, but she's ruining my life. Because there she is. She's got this gorgeous home. And uh, she's sitting there with her personal chef. And she's sitting there and she he's making her lunch. And she's looking over this lunch and boy, is it a nice looking lunch. It looks plant-based. It's uh, portioned out for her. And she's, you know, she's still as heavy as anything. And it's driving me crazy that she's the head of Weight Watchers and she hasn't lost any weight. 
And then she's got a personal chef who seems to portion everything out. Then all of a sudden, she's like Alexa Hente. She's sitting there with a fork, and you're watching her eat. And she says to the chef, No, mm. you are watching her eat. Yes, that's who I mean, me. <laughs> and then she goes, Mmm, this is good, but I don't like I don't like these beans. I don't like these beans. Mm, but, but, but I'll eat, I'm, and I'm watching her, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, and then she goes, oh, oh, by the way, how many points is this? Three points, three points. Uh, wait, for those of you who are on Weight Watchers, it's three points. It's three points. First of all, I'm like, what woman has the time to make this elaborate lunch? Secondly, what is she carrying on with three points? She hasn't lost a fucking pound. It ain't working. <laughs> and I sit there, and, and my wife even says, are you watching Oprah right now? Because she sees me getting steamed up. And I don't know why it matters to me. What am I doing? Then she's. This is what I wonder. Then why the other does day, it matter to you? I don't know. Just listen to me. You're a psychiatrist. I'm telling you my problem. <laughs> I'm watching. She's hanging out with Gail. And they decide to go to the Tina Turner, a Broadway show. And they video everything. I don't know if she has a camera crew with her. I don't everything she and she's having fun and there's Tina and they're walking in with Tina and 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 she's like oh this is so much fun. and Oprah's in such a good mood and, and in fact it, they're talking to Tina Turner Tina Turner doesn't even want to be there and it's a show about her you can see she looks <laughs> yeah, miserable Oprah dragged her there <laughs> and Oprah's like how do you feel you have a show it's Tina Turner and I'm sitting there and I'm like how does Gail who now has her own job on network television. By the way, it's the third rated uh, morning show. Why has she got so much fucking free time to hang out with Oprah? And they're, and, and they're, they, they're doing everything together. And it's making me fucking crazy that Gail's not over at CBS figuring out how to boost the ratings on that show. And, and, and they're at the Tina Turner thing. And, and Gail's supposed to be the morning person. You don't go out <laughs> on a work night. Oprah's ruining my life. But I can't stop watching it. Well, you must. I love it. No, you must stop Why? watching. This Why? is like heroin. Oh, my God. As I said before, <laughs> you are now not doing what you're supposed to be doing, watching Oprah. Then Would she Oprah had a, spend this much time watching you? Then she's in her garden. And I'm like, what is this bullshit? In her garden, picking vegetables. And I'm like, fuck this. Oprah's acting like she grew these vegetables. She's got a gardener. She doesn't pick the vegetables either. No. And I'm getting worked up. And I can't quit her. She's got to block me. <laughs> You're like uh, that guy in Brokeback Mountain. I can't quit you. I can't quit her. <laughs> I, I'm watching her pick. And then she had a dinner party. And she had, I mean, listen, God bless her. She made a lot of money. And then, and, and even at the dinner party, she had all her guests there and the tables. Be, and I even counted to make sure. I want to say, how many white people are there? How many black people are there? Listen to this. Oh, listen. Yeah, because I was like, I hope black people are getting to enjoy some of the. Oh, stop it. Well, Just listen, stop. I worry about the black people. You know yeah, I do. Yeah, right. You, hey. <laughs> but there were. Stop there was, the nonsense. There was an equal number of white people and black people at Oprah's table, which I was Oprah glad. Oprah knows you're watching. She knows. I know she knows. <laughs> She knows I'm counting. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm obsessed with everything Oprah. And then she wears very tight dresses. And I don't... Listen. It's her business, Howard. It's my business, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> can't... Stop it.
<laughs> I'm into Oprah's Instagram. You're like a stalker at this point. Am I a fan? Or and I'm... Oprah is a, is supplying you yeah. with the the stalking information. She's being there for you then so she, you can stalk her. The other day, I was fascinated. She and Gail were in a special room at O Magazine where the woman who makes the book reviews and recommends what books to read. So it's not even Oprah reading the books? <laughs> no, the, there's a woman in there and Oprah goes in and realizes that Michelle Obama has written a book she didn't know about. And what's wrong with Michelle Obama that she didn't tell Oprah? Because if she had, Oprah could help her sell the book and she would have put it on her favorite things list. And it was really dumb about uh, Michelle Obama. And I'm like, this is driving me crazy again. This is she's carrying on that Michelle Obama should tell her what book she wrote. What are you going to do if Oprah stops recording herself? Are I'm you going to have to go? I'm fucked. And watch I, her from outside her gate. <laughs> I got to admit, I'm 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 an Oprah fan. I think you are. You're I the am. Biggest. I got you are her. Marianne from Brooklyn. I am. <laughs> I should scream it from the mountaintop. I'm watching Oprah's Instagram more than anything, and then I'm saying, and then I get aggravated. I go. Why did Oprah quit her TV show if she wants to Instagram? In other words, you could be doing this all on TV. I, I, that drove me nuts. Do you ever get an answer? No, I, mean, I, I no, because I asked my wife. And my wife's like, you got to relax. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Oprah, and then there was something else that Oprah made her list. And then she put uh, Lady Gaga's makeup line on her favorite things. Yeah. And then Lady Gaga's on the Instagram applying makeup to Oprah. And even that made me a little nuts. And I don't even I don't I don't even know why. You don't know why. I don't know why. It made me crazy. And, and, and then there was something that Oprah liked, and it's not on her list. And she's like, I, "This should have been on my list." And then you I got know what? I had a thought yesterday because I'm trying to figure out what to get you for Christmas. Yeah. And I said, I should get him everything on Oprah's list. Let me tell you something. You couldn't afford it. That <laughs> Oprah, she's got expensive tastes. <laughs> um, that's another thing that made me nuts. I'm looking at this list and I go, what women, middle class or, or lower middle income, are reading this thing and, 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 and somehow getting satisfaction from it? But I love her well, list. Well, there are reasonable things on there, too. Yeah. Well, you I, can't have everything Oprah has or likes, but you can have one or two things. I love, I love the list. I do look at it. <laughs> I'm busy with I it. I thought about getting it for you. Well, look, should I? What <laughs> Oprah's list? I, I, don't get me Oprah's. Don't get me anything. <laughs> I'm getting you Oprah's list. You know, nothing satisfies me. The guys at Marvel, who know I'm a huge fan, they um. There's going to be a Marvel radio channel here at Sirius. I don't know how. Oh, gonna, really? Yeah, they're going to act out some of the comic books or something. I don't know what's oh, going on over stop. there. Are right? you kidding me? No. So they sent over. Uh, I haven't even read the letter yet, but they sent. They drew me with Iron Man and uh, uh, Captain America, like all the Avengers and yeah. me. And, and I have a cat with me. Uh, and it was very sweet of them. What is? But what is, am I going to do with how that? How big is this? It's is a no. It's like frame about it and hang it. like eight by twelve. Let's say. Okay. Well, yeah. why wouldn't you frame it and hang it? It's in framed. Some room. It's black and oh, white though. But Gary, didn't you show it to me in color? How did it go to black and white from color? 
Someone else showed you a picture of it in color. <clears throat> yeah, how did it get? But the one I have is in black and white. Don't know. Yeah. You but, haven't seen the actual thing yet? But I should start it. Like, if I was into, like, Instagram, I would sit there with my my picture and show it to people. But, yeah. But I sit and go, why would I show that to people? They're never going to have a... Uh, a Marvel uh, comic book cover drawn of them. Why would I make them feel bad? Or how do you Oprah, know that makes people feel bad? I don't know. That's what Oprah does, and I don't like it. But I do but wait like a minute. It. How do you know it makes people feel bad? Because they're that jealous. That is not a truth. They're going to be jealous. You think that, but that is not the truth. To sit there and show your your uh, your your fantastic lifestyle, I don't know. Isn't that what the Kardashians do for a living? And that look at how many followers they have. Yeah, but people hate them too. You hate them. I don't hate them. Everything mm-hmm. bothers me. Do you understand? I can't win. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Do you realize you're talking about you and you're thinking that means people? Oh, that's not yeah. how things go. Yeah, it's called projection. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the artist's name is Jorge Molina. Jorge Molina. Mm. Uh, yeah, I know. You should go out with him. I think he's uh, on his way out of the country, isn't he? Has yeah. the president gotten rid of him? Jorge, anybody named Jorge is probably leaving the country. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I do I do enjoy Oprah's Instagram account. I don't know if you're enjoying it. This sounds like torture. I know, I know. But I, I, I it works me up. Everything works me up. I said that to my um, yeah, fair. My psychiatrist says, and he was like trying to tell me to calm down. Well, that's the whole point. Why do you, you're like the guy who picks at a scab? You you don't have dogs, you know. You have to put that big the cone thing on them. It's a cone. When, yeah, the cone. Right. I need to wear a cone. Surgery. <laughs> but I think you need I'm, a a cone for life. Listen, I'm going to throw in the towel and just say I'm an Oprah fan. I'm that's it. Yeah, stop denying it. Yeah. When you're constantly following her. Yeah. And everything that's written about her. I can't help myself. And everything she she broadcasts. And once you accept Oprah, your life gets better. Because uh She's not like Xanax to you, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well nobody is. <laughs> yeah. What do you call You some- know, I go through the day I don't think about Oprah. I don't either, but I'm on that Instagram. No, I, no, no. You're thinking about Oprah because you're following Oprah. That's what I mean. I got to get off that Instagram. I go on because I want to see. Saying. I want to see what videos my wife is posting of me on her account because I, I tell my oh, wife. Oh, you? Yes. <laughs> I'm sitting there with the cat. My cat Helen was in my arms the other day, and I was just enjoying her. And then Beth comes running over with the camera. Next thing I know, I'm on on Instagram. So you're like Oprah. And now I'm like Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, honey, I don't need to share. Look at my cat. Yeah, I don't need to. She goes, it's good. I'm listen. I'm trying to get cats adopted. I'm getting you know getting homes for cats. Uh, so I said, all right. And so uh, you know, suddenly I'm on there too. So what's the difference between you and Oprah? Oprah's doing it willingly. I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to be on there. You could not. You could say, "Don't put that on your Instagram account." I do. She doesn't. She does not care. <laughs> she just does it. I go. I go. Do, she goes. You look cute. It's okay. And I go. I don't look cute. I've never looked cute. When I was cute, oh. I wasn't even that cute. <laughs> 
Mark, go ahead in Massachusetts. Oh, our phones are dead. What? Yeah. What's going on, guys? Did we pay the bill? Oh, yeah, you're right. We didn't pay the bill. <laughs> guys, how come I can't hear Mark? Hmm. I pressed it down. Let me say Mark. Is this on? Hold on. Let me do a little. Anybody want to talk to me about this? Gary? Anyone know? Everyone out here says there's nothing going on back here. They suggest maybe you try another call. Really? All right. Let me put him on hold. Oh, wait. Mark? Oh, there you are. Where, where the fuck were you? What do you mean, where was I? I was putting a fire out. Huh? All right, all right. Well, what can I do for you, Mark? Uh, sorry about that. Um, I was calling to find out what when you when you have a problem with the show, like you know, like a JD bit or something. Is that something you go home and talk to your wife about? <laughs> you have a problem? <laughs> yeah, there was a big problem. I went home and told my wife JDini was uh, not <laughs> that great. Uh, no, I don't. My wife will say to me, "How how did you? How was your show?" And then I'll always go, "I think it was okay." What about any like um, any bits or anything that that you think might be questionable? No, 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 no. She's not really involved. What do you mean by questionable, though? Well, no. I mean anything that sounds Richard do really. I mean, right. you know. No, no. I've, I've, like, I've. Uh, Valid, Richard. My wife's not a real fan of the show. She doesn't. She'll. She. She. Uh, it's weird. Like uh, the other every night, I sit there and I go over uh, material on my computer that we might be airing the next day. Uh, and she'll walk in and it'll inevitably be something like, like, you know, somebody shitting or farting or someone singing about Robin's tits. And then she'll walk in and she goes, Oh, what's that? And I, she, she, that's disgusting. And I go, Well, then leave. I don't know what to tell you. This is what I do. This is how I, this is how I put food on the table. Uh, I got one, one last question. Are you, uh, with the winter, are you afraid of, of Flemmy Gary and, and then it's an infection? I mean, I'm afraid of everything. Up. It's not just Flemmy Gary. I got to get out of the cold today. This morning in New York is so cold, so bitterly Brutal. cold. I'm going for my pneumonia shot next week. Um, why are you waiting so long? Because my doctor's office is awfully inconvenient and he's the only one who can give it to me. I was going to go to this other guy. And he says, no, you got to go to your, um, your primary care physician for the pneumonia really? shot. I, yeah, I guess some sort of like, they, it's not like the flu shot. They get, hmm. so I, I can't get down there till next week. Did you get it? Yeah, yeah. I had it a while ago. Pneumonia or flu? No, pneumonia. Yeah. You don't get that every year. Oh, how often do you get that? I think it's, it might be a two shot thing too. And you're just done. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to go get it next week. I got it all worked out. I got to get down to motor vehicles. You know, do you know that I used to renew my license, my driver's license in the mail, and now they're doing a thing where if you want to use it as ID, you got to you gotta go down to motor do vehicles. What? You got to go down to motor vehicles. Have everything. It's like your blood type. It's unbelievable what they do. You got to bring your social security card, your passport. You got to bring your It's almost your like address. a passport. Yeah. Yeah. Howard, I had to go twice and I had all the documents and I still Why'd you have to go twice? Because I because <clears throat> one of the documents they said wasn't good, but it was good and so I had to go get the other document again and wait online. I know. I mean, you know, we had, I was so proud of us that we had re removed that bureaucracy of going to the um motor vehicles, but now we're back into it. Well, they want this thing really is like a passport. It's called yeah. a verified, yeah, this is verified license. Yeah. Well, if and you it's like an enhanced license. Yeah, yeah. If you want to take a plane or something somewhere and they check ID, you got to have an enhanced license. Uh, if you want to be mandatory. 
Yep. It's going to be it mandatory is. like three years. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, because I just got a new license. Uh, Everybody said I don't next know if year. mine is enhanced. I'm going, and and I got a whole agenda this week. I got I got to get my license. I got to get uh, the 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 um, pneumonia shot. I got to. Uh, I'm going to go down to uh, this place called Hydro. What's that? This I'm really into Peloton. You know, riding that bike. There's a yeah. there's a rowing machine that's like Peloton. They got teachers. The same deal, except it's a rowing machine. So now you're going to row and Peloton. That's what I'm thinking about. So I'm going to go check that out because I, you know, I'm not running anymore. So I'm looking for shit to do. I'm going to get my ass ripped. Probably better for your knees. Yeah. But I got to go check it out. See, I don't want to just buy it and then not use it. That's depressing. So I'm going to go see if it's something I'd be interested in. Did you row a lot before? Yeah, I have a rowing machine, but it's so boring. But I've, and same, I've, same with an exercise bike. I've had one for years. It just sits there and collects dust. But then when I got the Peloton with the teacher, I'm, I you do love it. the teacher. I love it. I love my teacher. I love my teacher. Jen, what up? I'm going <laughs> to, um, and I do uh, that four days a week because I'm motivated. That's jealous of her? No, no, no. Beth doesn't care. Oh, all right. That's why I love hey, Beth. She doesn't even want to do Peloton. It's so great. She doesn't get into it with you. No, and it's like like she doesn't want to fuck with my seat because I don't want anybody changing the settings on my seat or anything. She's like, I don't care about Peloton. She doesn't need to exercise. She's got like a perfect body and she doesn't do anything. Well, on the, come uh, on. She uh, exercises. She doesn't do anything. She just like. She used to, I used to see her running and with yeah, you not and anymore. biking with you. Nope, no? nope. And you know what she does? Honest to what? God, she just cleans cat shit. And takes care of cats all day, and she's on her feet ninety percent of the day, and she's wow. ripped. She's ripped. All right, Mark. Uh, one question, last one. Are you uh, on the Metamucil? Right? Are you drinking enough <laughs> water? Because they're talking about you got to drink a ton of water with that shit. I drink a lot of water, man. I'm on water. My bowel movements are beautiful, Robin. Everything's good. It doesn't bother with the pissing at night, no. I'm pissing? I'm pissing like a, a racehorse. I'm. Uh, not even like a racehorse. Because I have an enlarged prostate, I drink right. water. Everyone's telling me I got to drink more water, got to drink more water, electrolytes, right. all this bullshit. So, okay, I'm drinking more water. At dinner last night, I'm down in water. And uh, last night, I was up three times pissing. And uh, it's not like a racehorse. Remember when you're young, you, like, you'd piss and it would be like coming out like a, like a horse. It would just <laughs> plop out of you. Now, it's like there's this little thin stream that comes out. Well, that's what I was going to say. When you're young, it's like a waterfall. You can hear it rushing out. And then as you get older, you can hardly even hear what noise. Oh, and and then I'm standing, you know, I have a urinal and I'm standing at the urinal and I just want to get back into bed because I'm like, oh, just maintain because I'll be up all night if I don't just get back into bed. But the pish is coming out so slow. I'm standing there and it's just like a little dribble. And then I, and what I do is I pull my underwear around my penis so I don't have to touch my penis because I don't want to have to wash my hands. I just want to get right back to bed and try going back to sleep. So then, I, inevitably, I finish peeing, and then there's some dribbling, but I have a tissue in my underpants to catch the dribble. But now I have to get my penis onto the uh, onto the tissue. Without touching the my penis. The tissue stays in the underwear. It, yes. It sta- yeah. Let me explain to you. The <laughs> tissue stays in my underwear. I'm pissing. You don't rewrap every time? No, no. Listen to this. No, I, because I just have to get back to bed. 
I get up, I pee for like, it takes me 10 minutes to get all the pee out. I'm holding my penis with the top of my underwear. Do you follow what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I, I clip it underneath my penis. Once the pee is done, the trick is to get my penis to land right on that square of tissue paper I have in my underpants. <laughs> How do you do that? I'm, I'm, I'm like a ninja now. Same way I squirt water up my ass. And so it, it, like, if it hits just right, I'm good. I don't have to wash my hand. Last night, I couldn't get my tissue in place. So I, I had to handle the tissue, and now I have a dilemma. I go, well, if I wash my hands, I'm going to be up all fucking night. But how do you not wash your hands if you touch your own pee? So and then I was like, well, my own pee? I mean, can I get germs from my own pee? I guess I can. So I said, I don't want to be disgusting. So, all right, now I start washing my hands. And I go, now I'm fucked. Because now I'm washing up. It's almost like I'm up. But meanwhile, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, it's torture. Just, it's torture. torture. Everything's torture. I, get get off my phone, Mark. You're depressing me. <laughs> it's like ballet going on. You see why I'm just like miserable? No, I see that you make yourself miserable about yeah. everything. Don't you, say you, that the misery is coming from outside of you. You are making the misery. But how do I unmake it? I, it I'm miserable. You could just stop, just mm. like stopping watching Oprah. Instead of watching things that irritate you, you could stop. Do you think I should stop my ritual of trying to balance my penis on that little pad of paper? So don't, I don't make it a big deal. Oh, I can't. Me, I can't hit the toilet paper. So now I have to touch the toilet paper. Oh, I'll wash my hands. You should and go see to me sleep. when my penis doesn't hit the toilet paper properly. I go. <laughs> this is the noise I make. Oh fuck! 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 <laughs> my wife says to me last night, "What's going on? What is all that sighing and moaning?" Oh. And I was embarrassed. I'm like, I don't tell her that I that I have, You're trying to position. I position my penis on a piece of toilet paper. <laughs> I just go, oh, you know, I go the the AV equipment just doesn't work right in this apartment. Oh. And and I'm trying to fix the television. You know, do something manly in front of her. But meanwhile, I was I was oh, I was like all upset because I couldn't balance my penis on my tissue paper. See, you that's know. not a big deal. You're making it a big deal. Oh, you know what I got to do. Robin, I got to take a break. When we come back, uh, I'm going to put Psych on the phone, your boyfriend. Hey, how? I'll, I'll take what? How? Uh, oh. I want to let you know no. that the, the phones are working again. <laughs> Thanks, Gary Puppet. <laughs> okay, very good. <laughs> good man, Gary Puppet. All right, I'll uh, I'll be right back. And, and we're going to talk to Psych. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you all about it. I'm just giving you a tease. All right. I'm going to tickle your ass with a feather. But I'm first, tickled. <laughs> sufficiently tickled. Now these <laughs> words. To this here. If I get into this song, we'll never get anywhere. <laughs> yes. We can't just sit here and listen. You want to listen a little? <laughs> I'll sing. Ruin it for you. I wish I could just play that, that part. Is that a particularly tough riff? Yes. Right, Fred? That's not easy to play. It's an, an intermediate riff. It's an intermediate Yeah, riff. well, you know there's what? There's beginner's riffs, there's intermediate riffs, there's expert riffs. This is intermediate. Now, maybe for you. 
All I know is when the black crows. For me, it's the tough. Yeah, it's the middle ground. When the black crows were doing their thing the other the other day, and um, what was the first song they did? Was it Jealous again? Yeah. Yeah, and I was watching Rich, Rich Robinson, the guitar player, Chris's brother, you know, I, and he was playing. Oh no, I know what it was. Talks to angels or. No, that was the acoustic one? Yeah, with the acoustic one. Yeah, and Rich talk, is playing by himself, and I was so nervous for him that he'd fuck it up. Because to me, guitar is so difficult that he was playing it so beautifully, the guitar. And I know he's a professional guitarist, but I was, like, nervous that he'd fuck up the intro. I get nervous for the guy playing the guitar. Because it seems well, so hard. Solo, yeah. yeah. Except for the drums, I suppose. <laughs> now, you know what? I got you a new... I'm telling you, I have a new respect for drummers. When I watched um, Taylor, Taylor Hawkins, Hawkins giving a lesson, it's not really a lesson. It was an interview on the internet. I really, you got to watch it. He's talking about how he learned to play the drums. I know I was talking about this yesterday, but man, there's a lot more that goes into it than I realized. Because I always goof on the drummer. I'm like, yeah, he's replaceable, but... I don't know. You watch this Taylor Hawkins thing. It's not so easy. Yeah, not anybody can. Just anybody can do it. Yeah, I thought I could do it, you know. But, <laughs> it looked pretty uh, easy. Like, you just bang on the drum. I don't guess anything that's happening in a band can be really left to chance. You know, the bass player has to do what he does right. Here, this and is the, so does everybody else. This is when I got nervous. During that. And, you know, Chris is standing there watching him, and I'm like, well, who Everybody's fuck watching him. Hey, no, I was watching. You were watching him. <laughs> That's the part I love. That sound. Yeah, we put the video of this out. I hope everyone's watching it. It's so good. I retweeted it yesterday. See, you and your social media. You and, and That's how Oprah gets you. Yeah. Never mentions the word addiction in certain company. Yes, she tell you she's an old. We have we have such a good catalog of music on that app, and uh, you know, I was on YouTube yesterday, and I was watching that clip again when Sammy Hagar. And Michael Anthony were in here uh, with the uh -huh. band. You know, they have a new band called The Circle. But they were doing Finish What You Started. They were sitting there telling, you know, Sammy was talking about how he wrote that song and how Eddie Van Halen was outside his window. You remember that whole thing? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was Sammy. Sammy was trying to fuck his wife. He was trying to get something going. Uh, Eddie Van Halen was outside his window yelling at him to come downstairs. So he wanted to work. He wanted to work. And with, I guess with Eddie, you got to go when Eddie's ready. And um, Sammy, Sammy said to his wife, hold on, goes downstairs. Sammy goes, because this is the only Van Halen song that Sammy actually played guitar on. Because he said, um, he said, hey, Eddie, I got this song in my head. He started playing it for Eddie. Then Eddie put in his little couple of licks. And, uh, and then Sammy said, hmm, the lyric will be, uh, he went upstairs to his wife and his wife was asleep now. And he was like, come on, baby, finish what you started. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, turn that off, please. I'm, I'm all set. And, and then it was like, um, it was like, oh, oh man, he, 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 he says, I'm incomplete. That's the greatest line. He goes, please, baby, finish what you started. I'm incomplete. He needed to <laughs> drop a load. It, so great. 
this part Eddie put it. You know, that little intro? Yeah. yeah. But go on, uh, I guess it's on YouTube, but also on our app. Watch these guys. So much fun. And then you see Michael Anthony uh, doing the harmonies with Sammy, and he's so uh-huh. good at it and so relaxed about it. Like, if I could do that, I'd be carrying on. Michael does it like it's nothing. about a guy who just didn't get off so great so fun i love musicians i love what they do beautiful mm. i tell you i had a band but nothing happened it was awful i told fred write me a hit song he still has you had mind. no michael anthony no michael anthony yeah, gotta get him that michael anthony is the greatest to watch very underrated so underrated, you know, he got, you know, when he got kicked out of Van Halen, he got such shit. I mean, I think, I don't know if it was Eddie or somebody said, oh, Michael Anthony, he can't play the bass, blah, blah, blah. The motherfucker can play his ass off. And then he starts singing. And uh, Sammy says, there's no better guy to double, you know, to double up with you on harmony right. than Michael Anthony. And he's right. It's a sweet sound. And why sound. would Van Halen have had him around for all those years? I don't know. If he couldn't play. Drives me crazy when they badmouth Michael Anthony. Such a talent. It's like it's kind of like Trump. Eddie Van Halen's a little bit like Trump. Like Trump will put a guy in his cabinet. Like He's the uh, greatest guy, the yeah. greatest guy, Attorney General. I'll make him Attorney General, and and, and the next thing you know, the, he's calling him a scumbag. <laughs> you appointed him, not us. <laughs> but at least Trump figures it out early. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's constant. Eddie hangs on to you for 30 years. Right, I don't know what's going on. Before he figures out you can't play. Michael Anthony is a dream. And then he's sitting on a chair. Watch that video that we have up on YouTube. That guy's sitting there on a chair. He's picking away at the bass. He's singing everything. He doesn't move. Looks like he died. And he just it's not a big deal to him. It's not a big but deal. But that's what's great about musicians. Their instrument is like another part of their body. Yes. Yes. And everything they do is just so, it seems so easy. And I heard somebody saying to, like, uh, or some coach said about figure skaters, your job is to make it look easy. That's why when I, you know, when, when Van Halen kicked Michael Anthony out of the band, and they were bad-mouthing me. I oh, can't play bass and he can't sing. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? But that's what Trump... Trump was like, love Steve Bannon. The next thing you know, sloppy Steve Bannon. He looks like a bum. He's like a whole... I go, what the fuck just happened? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? That's I mean, the same a, guy you were talking about last week? Last week, he was like the, the greatest thing that ever happened. <laughs> you, can, you don't get to do that. You just can't fucking do that. You can't call him sloppy Steve Bannon. He was a great guy. He helped you get elected. Yeah. I mean, come on. A little loyalty. I'm incomplete. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me tell you about uh, Sykes. Sykes, who, uh, by the way, if you don't know Sykes, then you're not a listener of this show. Sykes, one of our most prolific, prolific. song parody artists. Yes, artist. artist. Amazing, amazing <laughs> musician and producer. Yes, he, he is. He really is. One of the things I say about Sykes, when he does a song parody, his songs often sound as good as the original, if not better. I mean, literally. You could be fooled, yeah. He's quite an impressionist. He can do impressions of almost every singer. So when he's singing about Robin's tits, you believe it. <laughs> you actually yeah, think. You think it's the artist himself singing. Yeah. Now, this guy probably could have done anything with his talent. And yet, in the ultimate act of stupidity, he dedicated himself to writing songs <laughs> about this Robin. This is what I was trying to tell him all that time. I was like, stop it. This is a worthless <laughs> endeavor. He had, a, he had a, a, a huge career ahead of him and then just decided to <laughs> sing about Robin. Um, well, unfortunately, uh, Syke, let me get him on the phone. Hey, Syke, how you doing, man? You there, buddy? What is going on with the phones today? Psych, you there? Hello, 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 hello. There you are. There I am. Hello, Robin. Unfortunately, hey, Psych. unfortunately, Psych is suffering from. I hope I get this right. Stage four, lyomyosarcoma. That is correct, yeah. sir. Lyomyo. Yeah, lyomyo sounds kind of like an Italian dish. Now, how do you say? It? I know Ly it sounds like the lyric of a song. Lyomyosarcoma. Lyomyosarcoma is correct. It's a uh, rare type of cancer that affects muscle tissue. Yes, it's usually it's uh, a uterine cancer that's found in women mostly, and a very low percentage of males usually get this. His doctor saying you're the lucky one. I'm the lucky one because I'm singing about you, Robin. So I get the uterine cancer. Sykes' doctor <laughs> says he has a uh, four pound tumor. Four pounds. Where is yes. it? Where is the tumor? So it's wrapped around the pelvis, the bladder, the kidneys, and the liver. It has metastasized since July. Um, it's, it's a crazy story. I went in July for a colonoscopy because I was feeling some pain after dinner, and the colonoscopy came out clear, so the doctor suggested that I get a CAT scan. When I got a CAT scan, the doctor said, man, you have a baby growing inside you that's you know, a four-pound tumor, and I said, where is it? And he suggested I get a liver biopsy because they didn't even know where it was. They just saw so much of it on the CAT scan. They didn't know what was happening. So I got the liver biopsy, and it showed that it started under the pelvis, was completely wrapped around the liver, the bladder, the kidneys. And they can't do surgery because since it's wrapped around all those organs, there's no possibility of doing a surgery on it because if they did the surgery, they would have to, you know, go in there and cut a lot of stuff out and it would be half the organs would be gone. So. Psych has uh, started chemo. His uh -huh. doctors tell him he probably has six months to live. Oh, dear. Well, it actually started out back in July. They gave me a 15-month um, to five-year prognosis for they they call that you know it's a life cycle so i was 15 month of five year in july i refused chemo three times because i didn't want to do the chemo right away then it went down to six months to three years in august and then in september they basically said You're, you have about six months left and the doctor said you better do something quick because this is growing too quickly i was trying why to would you refuse chemo psych well that's this is one of the reasons for this call is to hip 
people out there to the holistic approach, which is very, very, very amazingly big on, if you go on Google and you Google cancer and holistic approaches and stuff, most of the people out there are trying holistic stuff before they do chemo. And they're doing a lot of supplements, which I'm not going to get into, but there's tons and tons of different types of different holistic doctors out there. There's supplements, there's IV vitamin drips. There's so much stuff that goes on and they charge you lots of money for it, of course. And you think because you have no side effects from from the vitamin C IV drips and all the other stuff that this is going to be a cure-all. And the more you read about it, the more websites you find. And you find hundreds and hundreds of people that say, I've been cured holistically and I've never had to do chemo. But the one thing they don't tell you is a lot of these people are cured, but they are cured in a very low-stage type cancer. So they might have just gotten this or they might be at stage So what you're saying, Psych, is don't uh, diagnose on the Internet. And don't sit there and evaluate. Maybe listen to your doctor. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying is had I started this chemo in July, I probably would be about 10, 10 times better than where I am now. But there's one more thing that was a caveat to this whole thing. So from July till, till basically around September, I was in no pain with this. This is the funny part of the, of the story because I had this tumor in me, but I was writing songs for the show still. I was still sending in parodies. I was going out. I was doing everything, you know, working, doing everything normally. And I had no pain. So my body was telling me, hey, man, you don't have pain. You're, you're feeling well. Everything's okay. Why don't you just keep going? And you'd get tricked into feeling that you are okay. Because you, you felt good. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, Steve Jobs, that was his approach. He was going to cure himself holistically. Uh, Bob Marley, too. You know, you got to be careful with this stuff. It's a really, really good warning. Do. Listen, I just For, especially you- in the in the late stages, you already you know you started out at a very advanced stage. And I and didn't realize that I was around... in the late stage at the beginning. They never told me when I got diagnosed uh, at the beginning what stage I was in. They just said, you have a tumor. So, I mean, you can't, you, you know, of course, Robin, that you know that you can have tumors in lower stages. So sure, but when it's wrapped would... around all those organs, like, right. you're when in I trouble. A lot of people get caught up. Like Andy Kaufman tried to cure himself with crystals. You know, you start to read these things and you hear about some guy who maybe cured himself. But Robin's right. When you're... When you're this far along, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you don't have time to fool around. Um, first of all, let me, let, for those of you who don't know Sykes' work, I'll give you a little montage so you can get uh, caught up in that. Here are some of the most beautiful Robin songs ever written. Uh, I'll give you a couple of his greatest hits. There's millions of them. This is going to destroy the somber story, isn't it? (laughs) No, we'll get back to the somber. Just relax. Okay. Uh, Robin is a Sykes muse, right, Right, Syke? Absolutely. This montage, really some of the greatest hits. uh, He he does some of the greatest parodies that we've ever had. That's right. It's so good to hear that. In 2009, he submitted his first Robin's uh, Robin's Bohemian Ass, which was uh, (laughs) a a huge success right off the bat. Just can't wait to get in your hole again. Rob 
They tuck you in your rear end Such a warm place, a lovely space to put my penis in Come on, let's see, see, see Robin's big torpedoes, those double G's Give me a big libido I'm gonna suck on your boobies Come on, your boobies Come on, then you can take my penis And stick it up your ass Amazing. Amazing stuff. Uh, I'll give you a couple of things about Syke. Syke, first of all, you know, he emailed his first song to Gary and Jason, who are producers on our show, and nothing happened with those songs. He emailed Why it to, that? because uh, they ignored it, and he emailed it to Sal, and it was on the air the next day. So kudos to Sal mm. for uh, realizing the genius of Syke. Um, and, I and, wonder what Gary and Jason didn't hear. I don't know. But that's, we just didn't get it here, right? We don't know. That's why I keep hiring more and more people. So hopefully <laughs> someone will get it. Um, so it'll get past Jason and Gary. On top of Sykes' uh, latest medical problems, as you know, Syke is blind. He wasn't born yeah. that way. He became blind at the age of two after actually beating a rare form of cancer called retinoblastoma. Yeah, right. I actually was. Well, I was born with a tumor, but they cut the tumor out. At it's a, it's a little little backstory. So it was six months. It wasn't two. I was six months old when they cut the first tumor out, and it was two that the tumor spread to the second eye. And so you had I to have both eyes better. removed, right? I did. Yes. And 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 psych. I got to tell you, with this guy, this is why I love him. He never let being blind slow him down. He That's taught, the easiest part of his life. <laughs> he taught himself to type at the age of six. He could type 140 words a minute by the time he was nine. In high school, he wasn't in bands, and uh, he was in bands, rather, and he says he even got laid easily because he was in bands. He doesn't have a seeing-eye dog. He doesn't use a cane. He rides oh, the how sub- does he get around? He would ride the subway by himself. He, 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 what, you ever see Daredevil? That's who he is. <laughs> he can play the guitar. He plays the drums. He plays the bass. On all those songs, he's played every instrument. He plays the sax, keyboard, and he sings. And well, he, this is the question. Does he? Did he have lessons? I didn't, actually. My mother's uh, friend, when I was about nine years old, showed me a guitar. And since I couldn't see the guitar, I didn't even know what it was. So he put this crazy thing in my hand, and I'm like, what is this thing? And I started banging on it like a drum. And, and I, I didn't know what to do with it. And then he showed me, like, one chord. And after that, I started figuring things out by ear and started teaching myself. Psych is a, a a phenom. He really is, and uh, yeah. you know, and 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 I mean, also that alone is an amazing feat. And uh, also, not only is Robin his muse, but he's from time to time come in with Baba Booey songs. Amazing uh, Simpsons theme. There was a time we hypnotized Sal. And to thinking his penis was gone. And yeah. Psyche uh, right away channeled Hall & Oates, 70 smash hit, She's Gone. And uh, came up with uh, a song parody for that. You can hear him We kicked Benji out of the studio. Remember that day? The next day, Sykes celebrated with Phil Collins' 1985 hit, Susu Studio. 
brilliant song. Forget at the birthday bash, uh, you sang to Robin live. Uh, I did was... with the girl that was right on top of Robin. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Psych. <laughs> yeah, what a fucking honor. Come on. Put your hands up. Put your hands up. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh. Yeah. We're going to do this. Look, that's it. So, Robin, take a close. Come a little close. My cock should never be so. I'll be so lucky uh, if you can suck me uh, and you can fuck me. Oh, what a performance. I want your beat high. I know you want it. Uh, yeah. I know you want it. Won't you be high? Yeah. I know I'll reach you uh, so I can eat you. Huge hit at the birthday. Hard like a teacher. Yes, I mean, unbelievable, psych. You have contributed to this show over the years. So much, yeah. So much, so much. I was getting accused at the the birthday party was absolutely the best thing I've ever done for your show, and I was getting accused of not really being blind at that party the whole entire night. You took a lot of shit that night. It was the funniest thing that they were thinking everything was a trick, and uh, it was a big. It was a play on everything, and. Um, Howard, the one thing that I've done that no one has ever done with a parody is on the same exact show when J.D. was doing the sheet washing situation. Yes. I sent in a parody that morning as he was talking about it, and you played it two hours later. Yes, yes. You are prolific. That was the first time a parody was ever on the show the same day. Psych, let me talk uh, turkey here with you. and uh, So the... Look, when I heard about your health situation, I felt uh, we should speak to you on the air. Because, first of all, I want to thank you for all the years of great song parodies and the work you've done. 2010 will be 10 years that everything. This this is my 10th year of my first parody, but then we started doing everything in two. And you brought brought a lot of laughs to this show, Psych. And and I know, you know, I heard your legs are so swollen right now that you can't even walk. I was in the hospital for 12 days. Um, I was supposed to be on the show two weeks ago, and I couldn't do it because I was hospitalized with uh, kidney failure. And what happened was the tumor was pressing against the kidney so much that the kidney started bleeding internally, and they had to put a uh, nephrostomy tube in, which Robert would know about. It's a bag that you that you know how the old people wear those bags on their back, and you urinate into the bag. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. But I'm also able to urinate as well. That surgery that they did while I was in the hospital ruptured a blood vessel when they did the surgery. So I had to have a second surgery four days later while that wound was still open and sore. Psych, listen to me. Yes, sir. I hate to interrupt you, but give me the bottom line on all this stuff. Now, am I losing you? Is a doctor saying this is it? What's well, he saying? I'm Tell me what he's saying. Say, buddy, it's getting worse. It's not getting better. So um, I'm a bit somber on the, on the fact that we are at what they're calling terminal end stage right now. So I am pretty much past the stage four category. And um, well, let me say me... something. Let me say something to you. Yes, sir. I don't know how much time you got left. Uh, I know you've requested that we spread your ashes in Colorado at Red Rock, even though you've never been there. I don't know what that's about. That's, a, con- that's a concert thing for bands. You know, a lot of bands oh. play there. It's a very Is that what you really stage. want? 
I mean, that's just something I was thinking about when they asked me on the phone. They did a pre-interview, and I mm-hmm. said, you know, why not? Why not go to Red Rock? Because that's a very famous, you know. Do you want to? Do you want to bang Robin before? You? I'm sure Robin would do that. That isn't happening. What do you, you know, mean? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold it a second. Please massage my breast, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to tell you before you even ask the question. Oh, well, okay. There is no happening. There is not. That's not going to be a part of So, Psych, I want to tell you. How much you mean to this show and to the fans. Thank you so much. All of your songs have really uh, been so funny. Even Robin thinks your songs are good. And I most love of them, your songs. You and most it. of them are very rapey. But, oh, yeah. You know. But they're the, funny rapey. What person, if I, would it be sorry, Robin yeah. okay if we spread his ashes, Sykes' ashes, on your breasts? Would that what be if nice? Robin keeps my ashes like she has, uh, what do you have, Vincent Prices and a bunch of other people? I you have Vincent Price and my cats. <laughs> yeah, so you can have a little of mine, too. I don't would you like that. to have Sykes' ashes, Robin? I would love that. Yeah. Just a little bit. You don't have to have the whole thing. A tiny <laughs> That's bit. very generous of you. Oh, I have my horse, too. No, but seriously, Syke, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of joking going on here, but I, I want you to understand that uh, I'm appreciative initiative that you chose my show to lend your talents to you don't know how much that means to me because when i first started i didn't even think i'd ever beat more than one song in i mean i I was doing that one the person who inspired me to send the first song and died of cancer back in 2010 in florida and he was he was the person who said why don't you send something into howard i said howard's never going to play anything i send in do you think it's a curse in other words robin and her witch coven Put a curse on anyone who uh, makes song parodies since you would be the second guy. Well, to why is Mikey so healthy? I, well, yeah. That's right. There's a, there's a lot of other guys that are doing it right now. When we first started, there weren't too many. Psych, is there an no. afterlife? Do you think about any of that? Are you a religious man? I'm not, and I don't. Uh, I'm kind of like with you on the fact that you just go where you go, and, and I don't think much is going to happen after that. You sound so upbeat for a guy who's been through so much in life. Uh, what is the secret? Uh, share it with the audience, because if, you know, losing your eyesight, having cancer, uh, going through all these operations and things that you're going through now, uh, why are you not a bitter guy? Why are you so fucking positive? I think it has a lot to do with how you grow up in life. Because I went to regular schools. I went to regular day camps. Everything I did was normal. Had I gone to blind schools and all these specialty things, I think I would have grown up differently. I probably would have uh, depended more on a lot of other people, which I I don't tend to do now because of the way I grew up. So I think I I really give my parents a lot of credit for that. How do you take the subway uh, without a dog or a cane or anything? So I basically follow people. I listen for footsteps. I'll listen for, you know, people walking around. And I, I haven't gotten hurt. I mean, I don't fall. I don't bang into things generally. So I've been doing pretty well. Wow. Um, I take amazing. Care. You're like you know, a bat. Yeah, really. So now, nowadays I take more, you know, I'm more into cabs and things because when I was younger, I was crazier, way crazier when I was a teenager because I would do anything. I would ride bikes when I was younger. Do you have a will? I don't have a will. Um, I basically am just going to, you know, my family is super supportive. You were asking me about how I remain positive, And one thing is I have the best friends and family. of. of, of Are your parents men. still alive? My father died of cancer while I was on your show. I was in live while he was getting chemo mm-hmm. that day. And I was talking about it when I was talking to you that he was getting chemo. And, and the following day he died. Wow. I didn't go. For, I didn't go. You know, I wasn't there for his chemo treatment, but I was there the day he died. And he was, he died of leukemia, and he had a, a tremendous. I'm, I'm so happy for him because he had a very short-lived cancer. He was only in hospice for two months, and he died. So Are I'm you in happy. a lot of pain right now? 
Howard, believe it or not, I am in the most amount of pain you could ever have in your lifetime. I'm just trying to remain upbeat and positive, but I can barely walk at this point. What do they give you for the pain? I'm, I'm t- I've taken four different painkillers on top of each other, and it still doesn't work. I'm on hydromorphine. I'm on fentanyl. I'm on Percocet. I'm on just a cocktail. Where is pain the pain? Medication. Right now, it's mostly through my entire torso. To my, they're, they're afraid it's spreading to my lungs at this point. So once it spreads mm-hmm. to my lungs, then I could fall asleep and suffocate and never wake up again. So that's what they're afraid of now. But most of the pain is in my torso between the pelvis, the abdomen, the chest. And the legs are horrific. That just started last week. And I, if, wow. if I can get this leg thing taken care of, I'd be in 50% less pain than I was. And uh, that just started. And it's like my sister was telling me, every week you get something new because, you know, one week it'll be mouth sores, and the next week it'll be this leg pain, and next week it could be arm pain because this fluid that's going to my legs could back up and go to your arms and your hands as well. Psych, because- did you live the life you wanted? I mean, are you happy? Uh, did you? I Do mean, you have regrets, or what's going on there? You know what I regret? I regret, um, I regret being too girl crazy. That's my one regret in life. If I if I wasn't fighting and constantly on the hunt and constantly making a, a, a job of dating and and having girls in your life for the entire time, I feel I would have been even better off as a musician. I would have concentrated more in a career. But you, you really do, when you are young, especially, this is great advice for musicians who are younger and teenagers growing up and in their 20s, and when you start getting into the girl situation and you start getting into making that a full-time job, it really mm. does become a full-time job. I'm not kidding. You could be hunting and hunting and hunting and just wanting girls because it comes with the territory and you think you're entitled to it. And my one regret is that if I've concentrated more on my career, I really do think I would have been somewhere else than I am here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're a fantastic musician. And speaking t- of that, my last girlfriend left me. So I'm, I'm on the prowl again, ladies. <laughs> Listen, take your own advice. Forget the ladies right now. Just concentrate know. on your health. But and, it's good uh, to have a girl around if you have this type of thing that could be supportive. Do you, you know, think you you'll make one last song parody? Oh, or, I'm going to make many, man. I'm are. not done. I'm not done. I'm, I'm remaining keep positive. Good. I and am, you said I'm, you're starting chemo? No, I started, uh, this is after, <laughs> after one treatment is what landed me in the hospital for those two weeks. Wow. So I had one treatment and all my hair fell out. I mean, this just all happened at one time. I, I started developing these mouth sores. I started getting the kidney failure. Is it true uh, you were making song parodies in the hospital? I made song parodies the day before, actually laying down. I, I sent in um, the last parody I sent in. I made <laughs> right the day before I went into the hospital. I couldn't stand up and sing because it was crazy pain. So I had to lay down and do the parody with a mic that I hoisted over my mouth and uh, was singing as I was laying down. I would ask if Benji could come visit you in the hospital, but uh, uh, I know no one I don't wants suggest that. that. Yeah, Robin was in the hospital. She didn't want him there. So uh, listen, let me tell you, Syke, I don't know what to say, and I don't know how to end this conversation properly. We're not going to end it because I'm going to be back on, man. I have right. to come in live. That's We're going to remain positive. Robin beat this shit. I'm going to kick this ass, too. So. All right. Yeah, believe me, Robin's not sounding so impressive right now compared Robin to you. Robin is the most impressive. That's, that's she why can make one fucking going. song parody when she was in the hospital. <laughs> But she stuck around and she, she sure helped did. us all out. So. She beat it. I'm telling you. So you're going to do it's it possible. too. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. I've, I've, um, I'm at a great hospital.
hospital in the city and everything is going to be great. Can I give my website before we... Go ahead. Why not? What am I going to say no after this? Well, you might say, hey, man, get the fuck off my phone. We had enough already. Right. <laughs> so if anybody wants to email or do anything and, and see all these... I have 600 song parodies that are up on the site for free, so anybody can get them. That's psychmusic.com, which is no E in psych, so it's P-S-Y-C-H music.com and uh, email me, man. Everybody emails me all the time, regardless of even me talking about it on the show, because they find me on Google, and I get so many, so many positive emails. I've gotten email from a lot of blind people, believe it or not. Yeah. Well, and, listen, you're, you're, you're incredible. You really are, and you, you just... I'm lucky to uh, know you. I really, I really feel that way. What is it, Bob? Here's one of your fans in New York. Go ahead. Yeah, this is Bobby from uh, upstate New York, out in Utica. Listen, Psych, we love you, man. God Thank bless you, you and I, I, I wish there was something we could do for you, man. You know what you could do, Bobby? You're going to keep me in your thoughts, and you are going to make everything better as you think about it. Well, that's uh, we can. We have no problem doing that. Go ahead, Steve. Say hello to Psych in Florida. This is Steve. Hey, Psych. You know, you're in my thoughts every day because when I'm out working, I play the jingle on my phone that you wrote me. Like, oh, I know this ago. guy. Steve Steve actually emailed so me back Steve. five years ago or so. Well, yep, that's he, Steve. He was on the show, Howard, uh, with two other guys, song parody contest. I've yeah. always liked Psych. He's always been the best. Thank I emailed you, him from the end of the show, and he... I, I said, I got this jingle in my head. Can you write it for me? And and I did it for him. He, he, he did my yeah, jingle. That was really nice of you. Yeah, absolutely. Maria, go ahead. Say hello to Syke. Hey, Maria. Hi. Oh, hi. I, thanks for taking my call. Hey, now, Harold, I love you so much. Psych, I'm absolutely heartbroken. Oh, don't be heartbroken. We don't want to make this negative. We want this positive. Well, I, I just have to tell you, as a singer and as a huge fan of the Howard Stern Show, I've listened to your parodies, and I always dream that maybe one day I could hook up with you and lend my voice to some of your parodies and I hope you get well so we can make that happen. Oh, yeah, I'll second that. I do hope you get well, Psych. And uh, Thank you I just so wanted much. to make the audience aware that you're having all these difficulties. And it's so good to hear. You know, Howard, support means everything in any kind of fight. Robin will tell you that. Yeah. All right. Support. You take care, Psych. Thank you so much. We guys. all love you. Thank you, oh, guys. Right, I can't even Be say well. goodbye. Right. Thank you, Robin. I love you. All the best, Psych. I love you too. Oh, Robin, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Thank All you. right. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. There's psych, Robin. Oh. It's upsetting. You should stop doing this to me. I did this to you. You know I can't take it. We had a fan who uh, died, left us uh, their ashes. We had him here in the studio. You know, we don't know what we did with them. I think they got thrown out. Jesus. <laughs> oh, That's why I do not want Sykes' ashes. You lost the ash. I mean, Sykes' going to beat this thing, you know, but just in case. Yeah, we're I'm just, not getting it. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. Gary, did, who? Don't leave us your ass. Didn't a fan or ass, asses or ashes. And they will leave us some ashes. <clears throat> why do I remember that? And then we went to find them. We had them at the studio at K-Rock. When we came over here, I think we accidentally <clears throat> threw them out. In the move, they got lost. Yeah. This is Benji's story. I actually don't remember it, but he yeah. said that a listener sent Yes, he's right. I remember it, too. The brothers' ashes, and we put them in the studio, but I have, I have no recollection of it. I have no idea where they are. They're in a better place now. I think they're part of this building. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Psych, uh, Psych loved writing about you. I wonder how many songs he wrote about you, Robin. I don't know. But they would come in two, three at a, a week. Yeah. 
Two or three a week he wrote about you. This is hard on you, I know, because, uh, you know, how many devoted fans do you have to that caliber? We're writing two or three songs a week about you. But anybody who's in the, the battle with cancer, it just tears me up. And He's in so much pain. He's on four painkillers and they can't get rid of the pain. Yeah, you know, people think these painkillers can take care of anything. They can't. That's what upsets me the most, that they can't get rid of his pain. Is that what upsets you the most? Everything about it upsets me. You know, I it it you have no idea how um mercenary people can be. They're so mercenary that in your most vulnerable moment they will pounce on you and attempt to look you know, to get money out of you with these claims of a cure. Right. You know, like all you have to do is search one thing and you're Email will become inundated with these ridiculous claims. And uh, a lot of the websites that you're going, you don't, you know, it's just like what we say to Sal. You do not know who's posting this crap. Prelevant. And you're not going to become a doctor the moment you get a disease. Right. You have a doctor because they've been studying it. Yeah, he, he waited a long time to go to the doctor. And, you know, a lot of these, um, there's a lot of quackery out there. Not only, qu- uh, Howard, I can't even explain it to you guys. I should sometimes show you my email. There, the reason there's thousands of emails is because there's all these people with their cures just trying to get to you. You mean so the reason can I can't reach you? Money the reason I you. can't reach you is because all these charlatans are on there? Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm like, why would you constantly do this? This is, you know, you're you're usually writing to people who are desperate and, you know, on their last legs and very vulnerable, and you want to take advantage of them at this moment. What kind of a cocksucker are you? Right. Not In other words, is bad. you don't think Sal's <laughs> onto something with red yeast rice? <laughs> Prevalent. <laughs> Uh, well, here I'll yeah, do. Yeah, he's definitely going to become a doctor overnight. <laughs> I happen to think that one of if Sykes, anybody can. I, I I wanted to just play this as we go into commercial. I believe this is one of Sykes' uh, greatest moments on the show. We had done, we we took the whole album, the Beatles album Revolver, and we asked a bunch of great artists to uh, take Revolver, take a song, and do a cover version of it. I I don't know if you remember that, but that's uh, it. It was great. And uh, then Syke got inspired, and he said he was going to take the whole Revolver album and turn them into Robin songs, <laughs> which he did. That's we, right. And he claims it was his greatest accomplishment. So, uh, Oh, my goodness. Uh, just because uh, Syke's going through a hard time when we just spoke to him, here's just a little montage of uh, Robin's Revolver songs from Syke. And Syke, we're all pulling for you. Robin's back door. Let me tell you what they call. Zion 
It's sad. A nice guy, too. Uh, we've known him. I've, I've always been amazed that he um, is blind and he can play all those instruments and sing and carry on, but also just and the way... And he does all that production. And Yeah, yeah. and he and he gets around like... Uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's quite, quite an inspirational guy. He really is. You sighted people should not think so much of yourself. That's right. <laughs> like, Fred, yeah, thinks, Fred thinks he's a big deal, but he can see. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I can so, half see him, half blind. So I can't see anything. All right, all right Anthony. I got one question. Yes. I got one question. Um, it's, you know all the phony phone calls that Sal and Richard make? Yes. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if the people that have, you know, been a victim of the phony phone calls have gotten some kind of, uh, like, get back when they found out that Sal had to hold on to his uh, grandfather's penis and Richard <laughs> shits on himself. I have no answer for that. I have no idea what he said. Uh... Uh, getting back to Psych, uh, you know, and I've said this to you before, it's, I, I always said he's the Stevie Wonder of titty songs. <laughs> and uh, I mean that as a compliment. Well, actually, they're ass songs. He was mostly about the ass. Ass, titties, come on. Uh, no, but he was, when he, he called himself an ass man. Do you think uh, the percentage of ass <laughs> to titty songs was about, what, 80, 20? Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't realize yeah. it was that high. I mean, he would throw the tits into a song. Yeah. But it was mostly about ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only he had realized his dream of being with you. I know he wanted it, but you never, you no, never. No, no, no. I think he revered me. These, I um... thought I was untouchable. Right. What do you feel better about? Songs about your ass or your titties? Which do you prefer? I prefer the ass. <laughs> you like the ass songs. It's interesting. I never knew that. So, well, so... I don't like the word tit. Right. Jitties. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an ugly word. Jitties. So, uh, speaking of phony phone calls, I'll give you one. Uh, this is crazy. Our uh, Rudy Giuliani impersonator called up um, a political show. And I, I only say it's amazing because it, it proves my point that no one is listening anymore to each other. So, like, Rudy Giuliani calls in with these, um, you know, quite outrageous statements. And the guy's a political host, and he doesn't even call him out on it. You know, I know Rudy's been saying some outrageous things, which, but but this is really outrageous. <laughs> they they get really outrageous. Yeah, but and it's like you know, it's like the host is just like. Um, I remember there was a bit on Saturday Night Live. Jimmy Fallon was playing a, a radio host who took phone calls, and no matter what was going on, he just go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe it was Kevin Nealon. I don't know who it was, but yeah. it was a great bit. It was just like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was Kevin Nealon on Crank Anchors. Yeah, yeah, but there was also one that Jimmy Fallon did where he was like a top 40 DJ, and then he would interview people. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or am I... oh, it was uh, Wayne's World. Uh, uh, yeah. Harry Shear on Wayne's World 2. That's who it was. Good one, J.D. Harry Shear. Oh, Richard gave nice, me the assist. JD. Oh, nice, J.D. J.D. got an assist from Richard. Yeah, it was Harry Shearer. And Harry Shearer would be like, Woo. no matter what those guys would say, they'd just be like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. So this is what it reminds me of. Here's outrageous Rudy Giuliani calling a political show. And uh, no matter what he says, it's fine. Is this from, this is from New York? Really? 
Uh, this is a caller from New York named Rudy. Hey, listen, I just want to show you, I didn't butt dial you. <laughs> this is Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, the Ju- Rudy Giuliani. How did you get a, How did you get in touch with me in the first place? Well, I listened to your radio show, and I thought, you know, this guy, he's speaking the truth. Well, you know, it, it's very complimentary and flattering that you should think that. Of course, I'm, and I and I voted for President Trump and would likely vote for him again. Um, what do you think, you know, right now, that most people want this uh, whole thing about this impeachment dropped? And, and there was no quid pro quo, you know, and, and if there was, who cares? All of the light that's being shined on the president instead of Joe Biden's son shocks me to death. Yes. Yes, and, and, you know, Trump called it a lynching, but it's actually worse than a lynching, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. no black people suffer the way that Trump is suffering right now. Uh, no. Hey, listen, people wanted to change and they got it. More uh, more African Americans are employed right now than ever. <laughs> a lynching is carried out by what? You know, like 10, 12 people? Trump, right now, he's being tied up and hung by an entire political party. Oh, boom. What exactly is it that you, Rudy Giuliani, are doing for the president as we speak as his attorney? Well, right now, we're doing a lot of things because the liberals are comparing Trump to Hitler. You know, before World War II, Germany's economy was struggling. You know, did they sit on their hands and wait for it to magically get better? No. They pinpointed the problem and they dealt with it. You know, were the methods a tad excessive? Yeah. But did they get results? Big yes. Yeah. Well, listen, you are a breath of fresh air. I appreciate your call. Well, Hitler had more support in his country than Trump has in America. There you it's go. It's a disgrace. Yeah, and, and, you know, Trump may have broken some laws, but who hasn't? <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> do, do you always drive the speed limit? You know, no, not, Rudy, that just came up a little while ago. Everybody's doing something wrong. Right. No. You come to a complete stop at a stop sign? Come on. Are you a criminal? <laughs> all right, Rudy. Hey, thanks for jumping in all the way from New York City. It's an honor to talk to you. Thanks, Rudy. I love your show. Okay, buddy. Thanks very much. There you go. Okay, let's go uh, to Taizo. Hey, Taizo, I just had Rudy Giuliani on. It went well. It's crazy. Did anybody ever apprise him that that was not Rudy Giuliani? <laughs> I think he... I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what goes on in this country with radio and, and conversation. And like, you think at one point, say, what do you mean if someone breaks the law, it's not a big what deal? What do you mean Germany had a good solution? <laughs> a little you, excessive? What do you mean a lynching was only from 10 people? You're still dead. <laughs> but that just shows you we were trying to prove the point, Robin. No one is listening to anyone else. Unfortunately, I think he was listening. He just didn't know what to say. Uh, hi, Chris in Nevada. What's happening? Uh, Robin, Fred, Gary, love you guys. Um, I called in originally to talk about how much I just love the Black Crows and, and, and you giving them gravitas meant a ton. But while I was on hold listening to Syke, the I couldn't believe when he said his greatest regret was being girl crazy. Did that strike you as anything? Well, I think what he was saying was something deeper. I, I, you know, I didn't get fully into it with him, but, you know, I think he's probably saying, you know, I am a damn good musician, and I probably could have, at least he's thinking, that he could have done something with his musical ability, maybe joined a band or written some original songs or, you know, done something with it, but he feels he wasted time. You know, yeah. 
And I don't know that it's about girls. I think it's more about, hey, maybe I could have really. Well, that's what he wasted his time on. He yeah. I mean, even the, you know, look, he's obsessed with Robin's ass. I mean, maybe if he had just concentrated on something <laughs> on else. On my head and up. Right. I mean, his bone, what he said is his boner ruined his musical career. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's. Hey, boner. I love the Black Crows. I mean, I'm writing something right now, and I named it Nonfiction after a Crow song. But I also gave up a lot being girl crazy. You know, I, I right. blew a lot of money. I wasted a company. I lost a good girlfriend because you just, it's kind of a sickness. You think that there's something better out there. And you think that, like he said, like, I deserve something better. Why isn't a hotter girl with me? Why isn't, you know, I'm at a good place in my life. I just want to get out there and meet girls. It's, it's, when he said that, I really, it like, woke me up. I was on hold on the call, and I was like, wow. There you go. A lot of wisdom from Psych this morning. All right, Chris, yeah. thank yeah, you for the call. Great guy, too. Thank right. you. Bye-bye. Bye. I remember, I think Studs Terkel was a writer, and, uh, you know, he was a, an extremely old man when I saw this interview, and someone said to him, uh, what do you regret? He said, I, I regret that I wasted so much time on women. Yeah. During his life, he said, "I could have done a lot more." Guess who? Uh, if I hadn't been preoccupied. Guess who has no regrets about wasting time on women? Uh, I think yeah. that would be <laughs> Mr. Sex himself. Yeah. Sixty. He doesn't know what anyone. He's like, "What's psych talking about?" Seventy. That's all yeah. there is to do with your time. Oh, look who it is, Robin Jeff the Drunk. Oh. Hello. Yeah, cello. Nothing. Again, another boring call. Never now. This fucking guy. You, Cause you badmouthed me. That's all. When did I badmouth him? Look, you forgot about the voicemail. <laughs> you, you left me. What, did, did I badmouth you? Yeah. I don't think you're so. pissed again. I didn't get to pick you up one. There was, I don't know how many days ago we received this, but Jeff. Oh well, yeah, I didn't. I mean, he was that. on hold, and he's complaining again like a baby that I didn't pick up on him. It's, I wish you would never pick up on him again. I, I, I'm <laughs> almost tempted because Jeff. I mean, what's the point? I, we have discussed it. We we talked about it like two adults, and you said you understood. I'm going to play it for people. Listen to Jeff carrying on. Well, you wouldn't pick up on me again today. You know, I had a fucking thought. I knew it was. I thought it was going to be fucking underdog. Why didn't you pick up on me? You pick up on everybody else. And if you only sprinkle me in, you're like doing a fucking, you have that host turn on full blast for Marianne and Bobo. What the fuck? And Bobo, that fucking moron. Fucking douchebag. Yeah, I mean, come on, dude. I thought we were past this. Well, I'm just saying, Bobo is a douchebag. All right, Bobo's He's a douchebag, but what's that got to do with you? Himself. Just like um, the other day with you. I told you something, and you just want to throw me off tilter. Off filter? Off tilter. You know, you want to change the subject. Off filter? Off, you know, off balance. You want? I threw you off filter. I threw you. I threw you off filter. Off tilter. It's called tilter. Right, tilter. Yeah, that's what I said. You said filter. I said tilter. It sounded like I said filter, but I said tilter. Anyway, what do you? What's on your mind today? Um, I was going to tell you that. What? What, I, what did I call in for? Huh? You're asking me what you called up for? Well, you have it written down, don't you? I don't. 
Why would I? Oh, write? we keep notes for him now. <laughs> well, this is no, why I don't no, pick up I was on you. Say about Psych. On the way Bobo acted, do you think Psych ever made that noise? What? Thank you. Do you think Psych ever made the noise that Bobo Okay, Bobo see you tomorrow. Made? All right, all right. call back tomorrow. <laughs> hey, tomorrow. Today's exactly. Day. Call back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I can't be, even gonna be on tomorrow. Uh, we'll definitely pick up tomorrow. Yeah, what about? There's a question for you, Jeff. Why do you have to badmouth Bobo? When you don't get on, you got a badmouth Bobo. No, I'm just saying. What are you, you know, saying? Um, airtime, brother. Yeah. Fuck. That's what he needs. Airtime. Air not time. your show yeah. to be good. You need him to get airtime. Yeah, well, I'm not. In, I'm doing a show for for people to be interesting and interested in. Oh, I see. Okay, hey, Bobo, Jeff, uh, J- Jeff, Jeff threw you under the bus. Yeah, Jeff, you douchebag. Stop bringing my name up, dude. Bobo, get your own calls. Call up with your own material. I was talking about you. Because you don't fucking listen, you dumb fuck. You don't You're listen to the show. You ain't a super fan. You don't even give what Howard the respect. Say? You hang up on the host. You don't hang up on the host. You That's right, number one. I don't you. do that. Oh, we wish you, you would hang up on the host. Bobo. I can do what I want to do. Yeah, Thanks you're an ass wife. You have you have no content, so you got to uh, you know talk about me when I'm doing. Don't worry about what I'm doing. I got to yeah. agree with Bobo, Shut Jeff. You got up. no content. At least Bobo's got a question or something. It yeah, might be bad, but it's content. Uh, Bobo, show, show him how it's done. Bring up a subject. I'll bring one right up right now. I'm fucking living and pissed off at Tata Tutti beyond belief because on the wrap-up show, I heard him say, oh, Bobo's never going to hear his greatest day on the air, his obituary. That was below the belt, Gary. Come on. What do you think of that, Jeff? At least Bobo's got something to say. I, I did say that. Right. I said when that the, gra- the great, the best thing you'll ever say about Bobo is after he dies. Well, you want to know what I'm going to do? The ultimate Bobo thing? I'm not even going to mention that he died. When he dies. But that's horrible, Gary, because you were... Wait, 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 wait. Howard just said he's going to ignore you when you die, and you're still mad at me? Because that'd be yeah, funny. Yeah, I don't like what you said, dude, because you were upset at Fred... Because Fred made a comment All right, about listen, your weight. Here's what I want to say. What a horrible segment. This uh, is. Yeah. Bobo <laughs> and Jeff the Drunk. You guys are really boring, everybody. That's it. That's what we've learned. And, and, weekend. and Jeff, yeah, don't call every minute saying, why don't you put me on? Listen back to this call and you'll know why. All right. Thanks, Bobo. I leave my name out of it. All right. <laughs> motherfucker face. Oh, stop repeating yourselves, you two idiots. <laughs> I could listen to them all day. All right. Uh, when I'm it com- sorry. I can't. Well, <laughs> lucky for you, I hung up on them. All right. Rachel Ray is here. I'm going to be talking with her next Ooh. after these words. So tell the boys inside Very nice. Rachel Ray is here. What a career she's having, huh? Amazing. I Amazing. think she said the other day on her show, it's been 14 seasons. Look, look at you. I'm going to gaze at you. Looking very beautiful and fresh and lively this morning. It's not easy. I feel that I was with Rachel Ray all weekend because I watch her show. And then she was on, uh, is it QVC you do? I did QVC yesterday. I did. (laughs) Do you ever sleep? Very rarely and for very little. How much sleep do you get a night? About four hours. 
Are yes. you the most driven person in show business? I can't think of any, but you've got, how many books have you written now? 26. And the 26th book just came out, which I have a copy of. And Correct. Thank you for uh, signing it to me in beautiful inscription. Aww. But Jesus Christ, you work like a motherfucker. Yeah, when does she have to, I and enjoy then she talks work. about traveling. Yesterday um, was a long one. Yesterday started before five. Um, what the, is driving you? Talk to me. I like work. Do you? I'm really bored when I'm not working. And by work, we mean writing being, books. No, no, being active. Like, if I'm home, I'm in the kitchen from the time I get up till the time See, I, don't I think, go to bed. I don't think people realize it. In fact, in this book, you document it. You write out recipes in longhand. In other words... Everything is written in longhand first, whether it's a product for the kitchen, a piece of furniture, a recipe, anything I make for my family, my grocery list. Every single thing starts in a so notebook. So like a musician, you're laying in bed, let's say. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're wearing. It's none of my business. Let's pajamas. Say you, do you wear pajamas? <laughs> I do. You will never sleep I have nude? a wide selection of pajamas. Why pajamas? I would see you nude. Slippers. I see you as a free spirit. Yeah. All no. Right. So let's say you're laying there in these so-called pajamas, <laughs> and you and all of a sudden you you're drifting off, and you start thinking, let's say, like rigatoni. I have a notebook everywhere. Everywhere. I even have dress notebooks on the few occasions that I go to things with the red carpet or like Saturday, I'm going to go to Michael J. Fox's thing. I want to go to the, your thing on Friday, the gala. Of yes, no, sure. I'm, uh, I'm taping funny enough. Yeah, but listen to me. <laughs> of course you're taping. But what, She's what, double book. But I have <laughs> notebooks everywhere so I can literally roll over, pick up the notebook and start doodling. This is why I admire you. <laughs> you're smart. This is something I learned. Uh, I read this book, Getting Things Done. You've got to have a capture mechanism whenever a good idea comes. You, you can't remember all these things. You can't hold it in your head. So let's say you're laying there in your negligee mm-hmm. and uh, suddenly rigatoni pops. In, I don't know. Something pops in your head. In other words, you create the recipe in your head first. You I put it in the notebook. Yeah, I see it in my head. Really? The first time I wore negligee actually was on my wedding night, and John laughed at me. You've known John a long time. John, John your husband. up, and he said, what the hell are you wearing? I was in a Cosa Bella, like cocoa brown, you know, so it would blend in with your skin. And I came out and tried to pull off the whole I'm wearing a negligee thing. I mean, it's your wedding night, right? Well, you and John had been intimate before the oh, wedding, right? Oh, yeah, for right? years. You we, were we, very we, loose. We, we got married to have a party. You were you were not a virgin yeah. when you got married. Is Hell that no, I was 37. That'd be really sad. You've been around the block a few <laughs> they times. They literally write movies about that. <laughs> Were you in love ever before you met John, the love of your life? Well, you think that you're in love when you're young and you have someone that you meet and you think, oh, they're so handsome and they're so sexy and all that. But You were smart no. enough to know love from lust. Most most men were pissed that I worked too much, you know, and they're, and they're very competitive with that. Were you the type in high school? You must have been because you were a cheerleader, right? I was a cheerleader, and Howard, so in a school cute. with 54 people in the entire class. How many of them were guys? <laughs> um, like half. But I like, bet you was, everyone hit on you, right? It was no one. Everyone Zero. wanted Rachel Ray. No, no. Blonde. It's Seriously? upstate New York. Lots of blonde athletic women to choose from. I would have gone right in I for was, you. No, I was the girl that would go, I was the girl that had to go ask the blonde girls did they like the handsome boys. Oh, you were the friend. I was the friend. Really? <laughs> yeah. When did you get your first boyfriend? Well, Tommy Rieger didn't go to our school, but our schools were so small, we had to do regents at like 
big gymnasiums. Tommy Rieger was your first boyfriend? Tommy Rieger. How old were you? Asked. Well, no, he asked me to prom, like my first serious boyfriend. Yeah, you said the first guy that ever gave and, it to you. And, uh, <laughs> right? Am I correct? And Tommy. Yes. And Tommy. That's a yes. Gave. Yes. Gave a pinup of a water skiing uh, hero, heroine, uh, woman, a female water skiing hero, to the proctor in our room to get my number. He asked David Eagle, who was my guidance counselor, for yes. my number. The guidance was, counselor? When I was a kid, yeah. It was very innocent. It was very sweet. And he asked me out on a date, and we ended up going to prom together. Did you think you were going to marry him? Were you naive that no, way? No. In fact... I never thought I would marry. Uh, I never even thought about it when I was a young person. Wait, the re- you waited till you were 36 till you got 37. married. 37. 37. Mm. That's very wise, isn't it? Well, I don't know if it was wise or not. I just liked work and, and um, when I was a little girl. You were a hard worker as a little girl. You when always I was, had jobs. When I was a little girl, my mom wouldn't make you go to bed if you were done doing something creative. You had to go to school, and if your grades failed... She would be very upset with you. But you could get so out of saying, bed. Wait a second. You're saying there was no curfew. There was no bedtime. No. If you got out of bed and you and you were doing something creative, if you were drawing or reading or writing, if you were doing something creative using your brain, you could get out of bed. But there were no excuses. You had to get up and go to school on time and you had to come home with good grades. Your mother was an exceptional woman. She, she really was. In, in fact, she's probably responsible for the, for you love your love of cooking, your love of service. My mom and my grandpa were my number one and number two influences in my entire life. Your mother had three restaurants. My mom had three restaurants when I was a little little girl, and then the gas crisis came, and then the second gas crisis came, and we went bankrupt. Then my mom ran restaurants for other people and worked in restaurants for about sixty years. And you worked in restaurants all my life since before I had working papers. You worked a dishwashing machine. That was my first job. Very Me glamorous. Too. Do you know I worked DMO? The I worked a big, ed, but I'm talking about to serve the a big thousand one. people. Oh, the big I know. One. And oh, you sweat your balls off. Absolutely, part of and you're covered in food. I smelled like vomit. Yes. Yes. And I was covered in and I loved it. bad skin and sweat. It, it's a badge of honor, man. It teaches you, had you bad humility. Skin because I felt the steam always gave me like a facial. Yeah, but it could get a little backed up on your back. And when your friends come in, I get hives. <laughs> I get nervous. So I looked like... Um, in something about Mary, when he gets the styes and the right. hives everywhere, kind of look like that. You are the traditional <laughs> hard-working woman, right? And hard work is something that turns you on. Absolutely does. And I find it sexy in other people, why male I, or female. Maybe I'm uh, stepping out of bounds here, but why don't I ever read about your father? Was he in the picture at all, or is there some My dad weird story there? in um, publishing, so he traveled a ton. He oh. was always on the road selling books and stuff. And my mom is a very hands-on mom, you know. Right. She worked in restaurants, but she didn't like her kids to be out of her sight. And so we were all literally in kitchens from the time we were born. My first She's a memory, super mom. And my mom was a super mom. And she was told, Howard, she was the top of her class. And she was told when she graduated, she could be two things. She could apply for secretary school or she could marry. Yeah, Period. those were the days. And... She broke every rule. She ended up running uh, up to more than uh, you know double-digit restaurants for a man named Carl DeSantis in upstate New York. She built this this huge restaurant business for this this wonderful Wait. man that she really admired, and she was given opportunities in life because she worked harder than everybody else. Did your parents divorce? Oh yeah, very bad. When you divorce. were young. 
Uh, when I was 12, 13 in that year. So you have nothing to do with your dad anymore? Is he still alive? Uh, of course not. He, uh, no, no. Of course I have something to do with my dad. He, he's less than 30 minutes from my house. Oh. Uh, I pay my dad's bills and his mortgage. Do and you? I give him anything he wants. You sure. like him? I think that family is family and we all have to care for each other. Interesting Am I answer. to my mom? Yes. yes. Did your mom badmouth your dad to you? Did she try to uh, say, I think hey. that they fought a lot, and it was not a happy time in Physical our lives. Physical fights. Some of them. Wow. Uh, you know, we didn't... Look, I don't want to make people think that we came from some horrible home. I had a beautiful upbringing, and I had the fortune of learning work ethics and... Um, but something bad went down. <clears throat> it was not a, a very happy... Uh, environment in it when i was let's say between 10 and 13 were, were rough years but everybody has that what what was rough about it watching them fall apart or because you um i want everything to be the inside of a snow globe right and that is the goal for me is everybody happy on the same day is that good, Rachel? To, no, it to, isn't. To, to deny the reality and try to make everything good? No, it good. isn't. And it puts unhealthy expectations on other people. Right. It makes other people feel like they can't be honest or they can't always just be straight if you're always trying to force everybody to be happy at the same time. So do you think that's the basis of your show? In a way, you're trying to create a happy... I'm trying to please uh, people. You're trying to please people and make a happy home life and create the perfect environment that maybe your mother and father would get along. Yes, I want everybody to be happy. So I'm constantly trying to bring everybody together, even though it's not my job to fix them. I right. want to fix everybody. And does food bring everyone together? It Was does. that your concept? Like, oh, you know, the, eating a good meal and well, sitting around together. My grandfather um, was uh, one of the four youngest of 14 that uh, came to America. Uh, he was an immigrant, obviously. My mother was the firstborn of 10. Mom's job, because she was firstborn, was to be... You know, his number one, his go-to. His job was not only stonemason, he'd work 80 to 100 hours a week at hard labor, but he would grow the the majority of the family's food, and he would process it, and he was the cook. He was a stonemason? He was a stonemason. My grand... Those guys don't exist anymore. Guys from Italy who, like, came over and had a craft. Artists. They were artists. Artists, yeah. You don't see that anymore. You don't. It's There's very, very few sad. of them. It's very sad. But he also would would garden, and he was the cook for the family. My grandmother was the seamstress and the baker for the family. So my mom was always in the kitchen with him. I was always in the kitchen with him when I was little. He lived with us. He came to live with us when I was a little girl. So is he your male influence? Not so much your father, more your yeah, grandfather? Yeah, it's more th what you see, you know. And my dad was on the road selling books. And I bet in your mind you said, Jesus, my mother, the home she creates is so beautiful, so warm. Why doesn't this dad of mine appreciate what's going on? Exactly. You start putting your stuff on other people and you start trying to fix everybody else. Yeah. And the, the concept behind our show, anything I write, the magazine, anything that I do is to try and get people to be more adventurous and loving and open with each other. How would you day. try to bring your parents together as a kid? It's an impossible task, but how would you do it? Would you sit your father down and go, Dad, you got the greatest wife in the world? Well, you would. You would beg each to like the other more. And of course, whatever was going on between them, they just, you know, they grew apart. They were different people. And you think that you can fix that if you say the right thing or make the right thing or, you know, behave the right way. 
Isn't and that a horrible way to grow up, though? In a way, you're, you're spending your no, childhood. No, it's actually a good thing because it, it makes... It does if you... But you're trying to fix people. It's your childhood. It's time to focus on you. It also gives you skills that you shouldn't always think about yourself. You're not the only person in the room. There are larger issues than you. You don't have the tunnel vision other kids might have if they're given what they think is a perfect environment. You're going to stress out about other stuff. It does. It, it depends on how you look at life. You can get something positive out of everything. And I think that the positive that came out of it for me is I try and make people feel good with our programming that life isn't for weekends or when you re- achieve a certain amount of money or when you retire or Enjoy when you have a vacation. Now. Have every day of your life be happy. Even if it's just in the tiniest of way, you had something unusual for dinner. You talked to a stranger. You met a new friend. And that yearning to fix things is part of the mechanism of not having the most perfect phones. I see now where you get a lot of your thing from your mother because she would design the menus for a mm-hmm. restaurant. She would She'd write them the by hand. Write them by hand. Mm-hmm. You like all that crafts. I love you it. Li- you like you like the whole experience around serving people and making. I a get great- up every day before I go to work. We do three shows most days. Yesterday I did three shows. I had a, a pretty Who was heavy, your guest? Pretty heavy. The first show was Oprah's favorite thing. So it was Adam and Gail from the magazine giving the whole audience Oprah's Christmas. And one no person kidding. got the whole list. The she whole was list. So, she what, was so if you were struck. to buy the whole list, how much would it cost? It's over $13,000 yesterday. There's been, there's some years or last year, I think it was just over, it was 101 things. This year it was 79 items and $13,000. I'm going to get to Oprah because Oprah's a major person in your life. And I, I'm obsessed with Oprah's I Instagram. Oprah, I did yeah. a whole uh, rap about this this morning. I'm, I'm, it's driving me fucking crazy. I got <laughs> to unfollow her. <laughs> That's You're not getting me, enough done. You're not no, getting enough new time. It's making me crazy, but I'll talk to you about that. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> so someone like you who's so driven by work. Yeah. Then, like, you know, I know at one point you were working. Weren't you working at a Howard Johnson's or something? My mom ran a bunch of restaurants, and among them were some franchise Howard Johnson's. But and you were known mom, as the ice cream girl, right? My mom would my mom would make the specials at the Howard Johnson's, so you could go to Howard Johnson's and have Mongolian veal breast. I know, or um, brandy uh, laced chicken livers. Isn't yeah. Howard Johnson's an amazing thing? Like it you was walk in there back in the day. It yes, was. in five minutes you could go in. It's like a diner. You could get fucking pancakes. You could I, get veal parmesan. I was the when I graduated from being the um, dish machine operator. I thought I was going to get the most glamorous job in the world. I became a fountain girl. The the in the book the chapter is called the girl with the ice cream boobs. Guys weren't hitting on you when you were the ice cream. Uh, well, girl? here's why, Howard. The the ice cream chests at Howard Johnson's were literally up to about my chest area, and when the popular flavors, you know, vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, you're building blocks. chocolate chip mint. Yeah, and yeah, but you're building blocks of all of the. Banana splits, the orange freezes, the milkshakes, the egg creams. When they get down to the bottom, I couldn't reach the scoop in. How tall are you? About five four, five, five three. Five four. So you can't reach down. No. So I would push myself up on the side and throw myself into the case to scoop the bottom of the ice cream. You were really motivated. But the 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 ice cream scoop uh, sanitation thing was constantly running yeah. to clean the scoops. So there was a river of half-melted every color of ice cream down the side of them. So when I would pull myself out of the out of the ice cream bin with the scoop of ice cream, 
I would have a line between my boobs of How melted ice cream. No, not hot like, at all. You're telling it looked me like your I was lactating vomit. Stop it. No, you're, te- it was you're very a girl. Bad. It wasn't a t-shirt. Your boobs. It was an ugly orange dress but uniform made of polyester. But wouldn't the ice like cream puke. look like a wet t-shirt contest? No, and we would it's see polyester. It's a quarter inch thick. There was no Farrah Fawcett cute little. I nipple think you're moment. being naive. I think <laughs> no, I think that's cute. Terrible. terrible. Girl like you with your ice cream boobs. I thought it was awesome and it would be the summer of my life, and instead I just. It smelled like rotten milk and had like weird colors what was across that, my boobs. <laughs> speaking of food, what was that sandwich your grandfather used to make for you? I guess. When oh yeah, when the you first would go day of school, school, right? The first day of school. It sounds disgusting. <laughs> what would he make? Sardines with bread. We loved. Listen, I had the diet of a seventy-something Sicilian man because he was my babysitter. Right. And I thought hanging out with the Runzo boys and smelling like Italian pipe smoke and eating sardines was normal. Right. So I went to school and Italians are very specific about how you dress. Right. My shoes had to be polished. I had to wear a dress. All the other kids were in jeans. Wow. I'm so old. They called them dungarees. Right. That, yeah. So I'm, I go to school. I bring my book. My grandpa taught me how to read. The teacher took away the book because the other kids didn't know how to read. I'm not wearing jeans. I'm wearing a dress. I got fancy church shoes on. Yeah. And it's Mashpee Central School. Everybody else is in sneakers and jeans. Everybody's making fun of me. I'm crying before lunch. By the time I get to lunch, not a big you surprise. You feel like an outcast. I do. I feel like an outcast. I sit alone, the girl in the dress. Oh, no. I take out my lunch. It's my favorite. Sardines and what? A sardine sandwich on stale bread with olive oil and onions. That must have stunk up the whole cafeteria. Yes. So now I smell like bad seafood the, and I'm the, wearing a dress and shoes. I go home like... like. Did the kids goof on oh, you for everyone, your smell? Everyone. Really? So you I were the smell, unpopular girl. I'm the dre- oh, everyone hated me. You were the girl in school who smelled. Everyone hated me. I oh smelled, I dressed funny, and I was the nerd who brought the book. Those are the girls I used to hit on. <laughs> I knew they were an easy the mark. If only I had you then. Yeah. It's find me the smelliest girl at school. So, Robin, when you were a little girl, did you ever get so upset you were choking, crying? Like that? Oh, yes. Oh. Yeah. So I come home, oh. I sound like a seal. I'm choking, crying. Poor you. Oh, I'm never going back. I'm never. Oh. Oh. And my grandfather <laughs> laughs at me, just like you're doing That's right funny. now. <laughs> He's uh. laughing at me. And he just keeps laughing at me in my face. I love face. this guy. Right in my face. Right. And his whole belly shaking. <laughs> and the more, the more I cry, the more he laughs. And sad. He no one says, saw you. He says, Oh, it's so sad. Your clothes were nicer than theirs. Oh, it's so sad. You know how to read and they don't. Oh, it's so sad. I made you your favorite lunch and nobody else liked it. Oh, my God. And he says to me, He made me, he took off my socks and shoes. And he pushed my arms up and down over my head to calm me down. And he made me count my fingers and my toes. And he said, you have 10 toes, you have 10 fingers, and you have a brain. So why are you crying? Look at this guy. What was his first name? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Mm. Yeah. Manny. Yeah. You loved him. I loved him very much. Yeah. Good to have him. I think John would love him. I wish that they had met. Oh, yeah. John never met him? John never met my grandpa. I can't believe John got you uh, to settle down. I didn't settle. No, I mean, you know what I mean. I did a, not settle in the Become least. an honest lady. I saw John, as he said, across, like nice across a sea of knees at a party <laughs> that um, 
a mutual acquaintance through for herself, quite frankly. What's his deal? He's a lawyer, right? John is a lawyer by yeah, day. And right. He's a musician at heart. He plays every instrument there is, and he has a band, The Cringe, excellent right. band. Um, that's the one thing a, a woman cannot fake is liking bad music. So right. when he said he, he had a band, I was a little nervous. <laughs> How did he seduce you? What is his uh, deal? He looked across the room. Uh, John and I met at a, a party with a lot of tall people, and we were short. Right. And he's very good looking. And I, we saw each other and we crossed a crowded room. No kidding. We started talking and we, we, he said that he was a lawyer. I said, Oh, good for you, you. But then he said he was a Ooh, lawyer. Oh, that's hot. It, no, ick. don't you like a guy who's well educated? No. got a, a look. I don't like lawyers. First of all, with you, you make such a big living. God knows what you're worth now. Mm. I, I, I peg you at least a hundred million dollars. I, I have no idea. Stop but it. Our brand makes a billion between everything, but I right. don't know what I So make. you got you got to have a hundred million in the bank. You, know you got to pay yourself for, something. You what? Yeah. Uh, you know that I don't work for money. I give away. I, I've given oh, away more money in my life yes, than I have. thought I would ever earn in 10 lifetimes. You are super generous. And we'll get to all your animal stuff in a minute that you've been doing. But it's, you know, that's not the, the, the per anyway. How are I, you dealing with that though? Like you cook, so you cook. Really good animals. I mean, you you know, you make veal and all. I that never stuff. promised people right. that I would not eat animals. I certainly don't eat dogs and cats and the majority of animals that we work to no, but, save. No, but I would think. No, you do. You do more for animal rescue than anyone I know. This this facility. Well, no, my, you and Beth do. Of no, course. you 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 have donated so much money so generously from Nutrish, your uh, line of dog food and that, cat food and that we created to save more animals because it's not regulated. What about enough. you personally? Will you do you think you will evolve to I'm I'm almost all plant-based food now. Yeah. I, Me. I follow your diet. Can you yeah. believe it? I can. Will you Rachel Ray become well, we plant-based? We are very largely plant-based. We're never going to give up cheese and I don't think John's ever going to give up salami, but right. several meals a week are uh vegetable-based. Right. I, I write in every discipline and for every diet. Uh, I think that's extremely important that you represent that, especially on the television show that we teach vegan, keto, vegetarian, pescatarian. Look at you. Uh, you know, I think that that's part of my job is to serve, to be the waitress and bring people what they want. Yeah. And we, we cook for everyone in our house. And I don't want them killing cows anymore. They're I, too sweet. Those I think cows. that if you're going to eat animals, you have to eat responsibly and know where they come from. And if I ever had to kill a cow, quite frankly, if John or I had to do, I know how to butcher an already dead animal. Right. You uh, do? Of course. Where do you learn that? What do you mean? Working kitchens hour, you have to be able to process this. No kidding. I'm sure, anything. A Look fish. Oh, you. uh, you do it all. Of course, I could butcher an animal. You make the distinction between being a cook and being a chef, right? Well, because I think chef's not a friendly word. And a cook... Implies that you're a person of service and that you're in in a kitchen. Do See, I, think I think my food I can think, stand up to a chef's? Absolutely. I think being a cook makes you a better teacher of teaching people. I think it's how a more cook. friendly word. It's a friendly word, but it's also there's a distinction in my mind. A chef represents it's some, proper. And I also think chefs don't understand how hard it is to cook for the average person. No, many of them do. Jose Andres is literally almost single handedly feeding the planet Earth. With is his he a good teacher? Kitchen. He's an amazing wouldn't you human. Say, wouldn't you say most chefs, a lot of TV people, mm. are not good teachers, that they don't understand how to no, lay think, it out? I think Emeril made being in the kitchen fun. Julia Child of Jacques Pepin. Y Julia Child was very good. And very uh, you're funny. You're very good. Yeah. I don't like funny. My mother, my oh, mother loves you. My mother loves you <laughs> because there's no fucking nonsense. You're going to teach me how to cook something or you're going to be a comedian? 
Well, the galloping gourmet. Too I many l- jokes. Oh, but I love Graham. Stop it. So wonderful. My mother used to yell at the TV. <laughs> she goes, he's making those jokes. I want to learn. Well, it's true. You have to have a balance of both. I do think people should smile and not take food too seriously. That's different. I think you need to show them the skill, but also let them know it's okay if it's not perfection. When you started out, you... Wait, let's go back to John and cooking. Wait, you skipped over John. Yeah, we so never we got meet, to that. We meet at this party with all these tall people. He comes across the room. He says, I'm a lawyer. Ugh, I, uh, but then he says, I'm a lawyer in the movie business. And I'm like, okay, I all like right. movies. So that's fine. We like showbiz. And I have a band. And I'm like, well, that's where I got like a little nervous because I'm like, again, a woman cannot fake liking bad music. Right. You can fake a lot of things. You can't fake that. You know, if you didn't like his music, you'd think this guy's Terrible. a real douchebag. be done. That's right. 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 So then he says he likes food. Now, I have already taped like 60 episodes or so for Food Network, but it hasn't aired yet. Oh. So nobody knows who I am. I That's just say good. I cook for a living. Yes. I've been working with Food Network. Our show's going to premiere soon. You know, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, it'll be a job. <laughs> yeah. So he says, oh, I love to cook. And I said, oh, yeah. And some guys, when they say to a, a young lady or gentleman that they know how to cook, it's I'm great at breakfast. So you stay over because they want, you know, they make, want yeah, you to right, right, right. Or they know how to grill because men love fire and all that. Yeah. John, I make scrambled eggs and bad exactly, things. Exactly. Exactly. Fucking hero. Yeah. So John says the night before he made tilapia, white, white fish with a warm tomatillo sauce and mock shoe, which is wow. a corn dish, spilling out of an avocado. Oh, he's talking your language. No. <laughs> I assumed immediately that because he doesn't cook for a living that John was gay, and I tried oh. to set him up with a friend of mine. <laughs> and he said, well, that's very kind of you, but I'm not gay. And then I'm like, <laughs> well, that sounds like a real seduction. It was perfect. When does it get romantic? Because he really, well, we stayed up all night talking. And, and then that I, night he seduced you? No, no, but I would have. Did he kiss you? Uh, He's in the other room. I don't have to ask him. Did we make out that night? Maybe. You know whether you Probably. Did, you did? Probably. I don't know. Did he we get to second base? Rachel, be honest. Not the first night. No, we were just talking. We, okay. we stayed up talking about music and film until like 4 a.m. Poor guy. We talked every day or have been <laughs> together in person or on the telephone every day since the Is day that we right? met 20 years ago. No kidding. Every single day. Rachel, because so many young women look up to you, mm. how long do you wait before you give John the ultimate prize, <laughs> what is depends the, on the guy, man. Well, of course, and it but depends. What is on, your philosophy there? Well, my philosophy is: Are you mature? No. And do you? Uh, no, the young lady. Oh, I see. Is she mature? <laughs> and does she make smart choices when it comes to her physical um, and emotional well-being when she sleeps with people? And if those things are covered, then have fun. That sounds like a two-week waiting period. Be young and have fun. Well, you could be one-day waiting period if you are a mature person and you are healthy of mind and body. How did you handle it with and John? You protect yourself. You are a mature person. Did you wait two weeks? Did you? It was wait the a- first time I went to his apartment. He played yeah. Marvin Gaye. Not exactly the most romantic wedding song was going on. Pretty. He played what's going about on? social strife when I walked in. But <laughs> yeah, he was wearing a Zara shirt that was a hair too big, but he had sconces and had candlelight and. Uh, he had gotten all the food so yes, that we I could would, cook together. I would, Isn't that adorable? Yes. We were making dinner together. Very I would sexy. think this, you know, really, he's the perfect man for you. He is. I mean, to get you to fall in love, I mean, you got to check off about 50 boxes. Dude, he is so easy. He's he, honestly, we're very volatile people. And, you know, 
to other people, we're a little frightening around the edges because we're loud (laughs) and and very up and down, very up and down. But John, honestly, when I met him, he was he's just so easy. He likes music. He likes film. He's smart. He has a job. He cooks. Uh, Perfect guy. He's perfect. He doesn't care what time he eats dinner, which is important to me. You know, my family. My grandpa what would take his kids out of bed in the middle of the night if the night sky was beautiful just so he could sing to them and tell them stories. My mom would feed us dinner at 10, 10. if we could all eat dinner together. Like, it doesn't matter. What time when, do you get dinner? Do you make dinner with John? I every- not only make dinner, I get up at 5, I go to the gym, I what make John lunch, and I make Isabu lunch before I go to Your work. Your dog. What, what, uh, wait a second. You're telling me that you don't have a, a a person in the house that cooks. I make the bed. I make John makes the bed up. Uh, Look at used you. to make the bed. Uh, I like to iron the sheets. Well, both of us can make the bed, but I generally. What a woman you are! I make lunch and I make bed and I go to gym before I go to work. You are so old school. I love this. And I iron my. Well, sheets. what do the people who work for you do? They watch you guys. Doing <laughs> no, uh, we don't have you people the, that work in our home. What time do you get dinner on the table? Uh, it depends on the day. Some days we eat at 6.30. Some days we eat at 10. I can't believe with that. I um, eat at 4.30. It's got to no, be know, right there. No, you know he has a rigid, I have rigid a, schedule. I, have a, yes, I, I do have not a... have a rigid schedule. Today I got up at 4.30 yeah. and I exercised. I packed John's lunch. He's what are you doing upstate. for exercise? Are you Peloton? I go to the gym. No, I hate Peloton. I well, first of all, it. bikes make bigger butts and I certainly don't need a bigger ass. <laughs> it does? You know That's what someone told me. I give Pelotons. I give Pelotons to a bunch of people. Right. Um, my, I love it. I like the instruction. Have you seen them all get I like butts? to do different things every day, and I have to have my music. I, I have see. to have my music. All right. I can't listen to people. I don't want instructors or anything. Really? I go to wake up. I need drum-driven, and John makes me these power mixes. I get them for every occasion, for Valentine's, for my birthday, for Christmas. I have three and four What are you listening to? What, what is it? What Everything. The, Billie Eilish I'm obsessed with. And how her, good is she? And her his, her brother, Phidias. That yep. was a great interview, by Wasn't the way. Wasn't that fun? Fabulous. Yes, I And I she'd been it. hanging out all night with Woody. Oh, my God. This, this kid, I mean, to be that she young. She is so badass, and they're both so clever. Yes. And they keep it so clean. Like, they could work with anybody, and they've tried, but they keep it straight. Yep. It's so brave. Yes. So brave. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I'm very excited about Billie Eilish. Uh, Green Day? Are you kidding? Right. Green Day is crushing. <laughs> crushing. Yes. The two new singles, they've played our show, Feedback, down in, yes. in Texas they're, for us as Foxboro Hot Tubs is one of their alter egos. I love those guys. They're amazing. And I thought, um, Revolution Radio, I thought the last album was this epic opus masterpiece. I think this one's going to be even bigger. Like You're think- having a lot of fun in life, aren't you? I don't know how she fits it all in. Any day you open your eyes is a clean page in a notebook. The end page. Do you ever have a bad day? Of course, everybody has a bad day. What's a bad day for you? When you're sick. When I can't produce. When I can't do something, I'm miserable. I love your whole uh, story about how you get started. And uh, and I guess, yeah, I guess Oprah, man, she, boy, if, you, if Oprah likes you, the fucking world opens well, up. Well, I worked for, on Food Network for, you know, 10 years before that happened. Well, you well, were working. Five or six years. You, you got started, weren't, wasn't the beginning of all this doing like little cooking demonstrations? Teaching a cooking class in upstate New York so that people would buy the groceries because they didn't know how to use them. Why did you never go to formal cooking school? Because. Because I didn't feel I needed it. I grew up in the business and I, that's, that's your life. So why? 
why pay somebody for something you already know? You know how to do it. It's but a common the way, sense thing for me. You sent me a thing because mm. uh, you heard I like that pizza. You sent me the pan and well, the I knew pizza. That, well, actually, Beth picked the deal. I asked her. I said, I want to paint something for Howard because you've given me your artwork. And I love to draw and I love artwork. Right. And I wanted to congratulate you on your book. So I wanted to do something for you too. You're very, very sweet and generous. I never think of anyone. You're so, <laughs> you're so thoughtful. And Beth said she wanted a vegetarian pizza. Now here's what so you I did. I made zucchini pepperoni. Let me ask you about that. <laughs> yes, you did. You created a pizza. Now, did you create this in your head? For you, yes. Yeah, because, in other words, you're laying somewhere. You're sitting thinking about. And I pizza. think what makes pepperoni taste like pepperoni. And yeah. what would look like pepperoni if it, we cooked it instead of the, the sliced pepperoni? You use spices to create the Correct. essence of pepperoni. And I have to tell you, we made it and it tasted like, like pepperoni. pepperoni. It was crazy. <laughs> but how do you do well, that's that? That's one of the things. She has such an incredible sense of spices. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, how do that you, is incredible. You taste things. Oh, you mean you, you made learn. it at home and tried it? Of course. At, you, you mix the spices it up in your together. Head. Yeah, you did a good well, job. Well, I say what makes pepperoni taste like pepperoni? You can put it on a vegetable as much as you can add it to a piece of pork. You did know? you put it? Did you put that recipe in your new book and uh, name that pizza after me? No. no. It, yours came after I'd already turned in the book. Oh, I see. I wrote that You'll for you when your book, book came out. You'll right. be in the next book. I'll be in the next I do want to write another book, actually, because this one's the only book out of all of them where I actually sat down and wrote. It's like a mashup of a memoir and a, and a cookbook. Yeah, I like the pictures. I like the whole vibe of the book. And there's I, 25 like, long stories in it. So I, I want to keep talking on paper. I like it. So yeah, I think no, I'm going to do another one. So it'll be in the next one. Yeah, it's good. It's, I really like this book. And I and 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 I like your story because uh, it's crazy, really. It shows you if you just keep working hard, maybe something good will happen. That was the point of it, Howard. Thank yes. you. The reason I wanted to write the book at fifty was to show gratitude for being a woman at fifty and still relevant, and not only employed, but still at Food Network and doing new things like Food Network app. Like after my shows today, you're fifty. I am the name of the book is Fifty Howard. Oh, for I thought a it was like after like fifty. No, I'm fifty one. I wrote the book. You look good when I was fifty. Well, you, thank you. you do you doing any uh, Botox? Nope. nope. Let me look you over. Get close to what me. What would you let her do, to you, Howard? <laughs> no Botox. I tried it like six years ago. Really? With a really lovely lady on my frown line. Yeah. And I thought it made my eyebrows too far apart, and it freaked me out. <laughs> so no, now no I work go has to, been done on your face, and I've never cut myself ever, and I haven't had any sort of shot in my head in, I, I think, you look six good. years. So I went to this lady named Karina. Go ahead. And she has these little paddle things that are like going to the gym for your head. And she massages your face so all the muscles go back and forth and up and down. I love what women do. It's oh, awesome. So they make, the, you know your, face they make your face tighter. You know it's it all, does. It makes your face all twitchy. It can't possibly, but well, it makes know, you man. feel good. It makes you feel pampered it, and someone is taking whatever. care of you. Whatever. It's like my little weekly vacation. Yeah. Like, don't take my dream away from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> but you look good. Maybe it's definitely just... the olive oil. Oh, you right? rub olive oil in your face? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, My I mom used to put olive oil, hot olive oil in her hair and on her feet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, what was going on in your house? But here's the thing she with hard work. <laughs> here's the, um, here, here's the thing with hard work. Mm. You, um, you would cook, you had this cooking class, 30 minute cooking 30 class. 30 minute meals, but you could learn right. 30 of them in three hours. Which I like because mm. it's like, hey, listen, nobody has time to sit there and cook for 17 hours. Teach me how to make a couple mm -hmm. of meals quickly. Right. And you would figure out how to teach. Then 
they offer you a local television show. The local news. Where was the local news? What's in WRGB, the first television station in America, because it's the home of electricity. So, GE, General so, Electric. So someone saw you in a, I don't know, in a store or something, giving mm-hmm. these demos, and they said, hey, she'd be good. On TV. Dan Dean brought me over to, he was the entertainment reporter at WRGB. Now, this is weird. You said to yourself, hey, you had read that Oprah was once offered a little local show and she was afraid to do no, it. No, I didn't think about Oprah for I thought all. you wrote Oprah a letter and you never I, got a letter back. I did back. years later. A couple years later, I was like, Oprah, you started small and I admire you so much and I am on the local news and... I don't know if it's the right thing to do. And all I did with my mom. My mom and I wrote she her She never letter. answered you. Well, I don't think Oprah has time to open oh, the millions she, of letters she maybe might Maybe she's get not the lady day. you think she is. <laughs> she is a wonderful <laughs> but, but, woman. But here's the thing. You get tapped to do mm-hmm. this local TV show. Mm-hmm. And then somehow, I don't know how it all works out, but Al Roker needs a fill-in guest on the, the Today Show. There's Everybody cancels because it was supposed to be the snowstorm of the century, and it was not. And Al had seen you on TV. Al's from upstate New York. Someone gave him one of my little mini cookbooks that are only sold in the grocery store. And he booked you on the Today Show. His producer, Michelle, booked me on the Today Show. I thought it was a joke. I hung up the phone. And and they called called you back. And you drive down from upstate. My mom and I drive white-knuckled the whole way. And you get to Al's (laughs) studio. He puts you on the Today Show. Uh-huh, and I go to the Food Network the next day. And the Food Network sees that something's happening mm-hmm. there. Do they, and they offer you a show. Two. Two? <laughs> yeah. Based on the Today Show or based on based all the on other Based on that, stuff? and I had, I also, in upstate New York, a friend of mine was working on NPR, which is funny because I'm, I'm doing an NPR thing after my shows today. Right. I'm cooking with them. Jeez, do you take a nap And then that? after that, I'm cooking live on Food Network after my two shows and NPR show. I go to the Food Network. I cook live Do you at take 6 a nap? o'clock. No, I hate naps. Really? <clears throat> if I'm in Italy, I could take a nap. Are you going to burn out? I don't think Are so. Are you doing too much? I don't think so. My mother would I'm say you're fun. doing too much. <laughs> She's way fun. too much. Yeah. You do. My mother well, my... would get a hold of you and ruin you. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom didn't ruin me, so I'm okay. How do you, how do you keep okay. from getting sick? Seriously. I mean, you're well, working. Some tough. days you get a little sick or you get a little fatigued, tired, but you get over it. You don't I care. take flu shots. I take vitamins. Yeah. I go to the gym. <laughs> I eat good food that I cook. What time do you wake up? Like F- uh, five, five. Every day the coffee goes off at five. Today I woke up a little bit earlier. You got a huge most day. Days five. I mean, you still got to get home and cook dinner. Yeah, and, and, most and, most nights. Tonight John is going upstate, and after I get out of the Food Network at around quarter seven or so, I'm going to go uptown and see a show. Um, oh my god, the wrong man. Oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, I saw it when it was a one man show in Texas, so I want to see it now that it's not a one man show. So you tonight are, I'm not going to cook. I already cooked ahead for John. You so. are something up. What's going on upstate? You got a place up there? Yeah, my uh, home home is in the Adirondacks, uh, about four hours north of New York. Yeah, and John has a massive music studio there and a sound room. And one of his bandmates. What's it? A compound? Meskin. No, it's not a compound. How many it's acres? Not creepy. 199. A 200-acre compound. It's not a compound. Look what's going it's on. It's just the woods. <laughs> I got to see this. It's just the woods. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of wild turkeys, literally like 60 or so wild turkeys. And what do you do of, up there with John? Um, I spend all my time in the kitchen or writing or um, painting and drawing. Uh, Isabu just chills. She right. likes being in the studio or the kitchen. And John has a huge music studio, so he's going upstate to, he's putting some new equipment into his music studio. 
He's updating the studio. Look he records you. there. Look he has a sound room and a recording place. I might come up to that compound and see what's going on. You should on. check it out. You've got people up there? Of course. Yeah? They book it like an inn at Christmas. Maybe I should book in. Last year, I'm telling you, we had seven different Hanukkah Christmases. I'll come up there, but you got to get dinner on the table by 4.30. Uh, that, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I can I'm do not, that. Some of my chef friends actually like to have dinner at like 3.30 or 4. I'm not waiting until 10 Cooks o'clock at night. chefs eat at weird times. So let me understand this whole thing with Oprah. Mm. So then you do the Al Roker thing. Then you get the Food Network. And, and a then, couple of years after Food Network, I get called by the Oprah show to come on and cook with Is Oprah. it like Jesus calling? I was literally speechless. And I was on book tour. And the flight got canceled. And I didn't oh. think I was going to make it to the Oprah show. I got there at 3.45 to my hotel room. And they were going to pick me up at 5.45 so I could go prep the food for the segment. Because they didn't have... You know, food people prepping it out. Do you I meet Oprah prepping. ahead of time or you've never nope. met her? Never met her in my life. I'm crying so hard at the airport because I think I'm going to miss it. My eyes are swollen like golf balls. They picked me up two hours after I got to my room and it's Oprah. So I bought this fancy outfit and pantyhose and high heels and all this. Yeah. I go to my room. <laughs> I'm crying because I haven't slept and I feel terrible and I'm ironing skirts and I put on this get up and I show up and I'm just a hot mess. And her hair and makeup people look at me with such pity. Yeah. They almost start crying. And they sit me down and they put these giant locks in my hair. Right. And curl my hair and put on makeup. They doll you up. And it looked like I was trying to look like Oprah. It looked like I was like <laughs> stalking her at a party. <laughs> and I went out on the stage and Oprah was doing the dog whisperer before me. Like he had half the show and I'd have the show. Right. So I come out on the stage and she's in jeans and a long sleeve Henley, like I would wear on my show. Right. It looked like we swapped wardrobes. And I look like this crazy lunatic that's stalking Oprah. But meanwhile, Oprah <laughs> leans in. Oprah said, and but she says, hey, you've, 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 you've got it. You've yeah. got it. Yeah. And when Oprah tells you, you got my it, mind. that means, hey, man, let me sign up with Harpo. So cool. So let me understand what happens. Oprah gives you the nod. I mean, the yeah. big like Dr. Phil Harpo nod. Harpo becomes partners as well as scripts, the people that own Food Network at the time. Now it's Discovery. Does she still own a piece of your show? I believe so. Yeah. And, and she was there so? from. Yeah, I think so. I don't. I you mean, must don't be a major cash. Clean for her. I mean, I doubt that. She certainly doesn't need our little shop. Meanwhile, she's still taking it. I have to tell you, she is delightful and has changed the course of my life and my family's life. Does she nudge you in the beginning when you first start working for Harpo and you're going to syndicate your show? Because she put you into syndication, right? That was how we launched it. It was CBS, our company, uh, Scripps, the the, the then parent company of Food Network, and Harpo. Be honest, is Oprah really, like, do you put that whole show together or in the beginning is Oprah telling you what to do? No, they they very much, I think that the people that chimed in the most were CBS, certainly. Right. Um, but now it's very much uh, Janet and Nino and Tommy Crudup, who's here, um, Andrew Goldman, Meredith Weintraub. There's a, a little gaggle of our, our geese, Emily Rieger, who's our So Oprah producer. leaves you alone? Everybody leaves us alone. How, CBS, often, do you, how often do you hear from Oprah? When, well, I see Gail a ton. She comes on the show a lot with the program. Yeah, but you don't want Gail. You want Oprah. No, I love Gail. Well, I mean, we love Gail, but and she's not Oprah. And I saw Oprah for our 2000th episode. She hosted me when for my 2000th episode. 
few oh, months back. The least she could do. You're making yeah. a ton of oh, dough for stop her. It. Like, stop it. I don't think we make a nickel for Oprah. I do don't you know ever call her at home? Minute. No, I do not call Oprah at home. Do you follow her on Instagram? I mean, our team does. I don't follow anybody on Instagram. Really? really? Uh, Joe Greif, who runs our digital, does. Howard, I, I have nine jobs. I mean, right. I put things up on Instagram, but yeah. I don't follow. Is Oprah immortal? In other words, will she uh, she will go on forever, right? Oprah, listen, she changed the face of the planet. She's educated people. She's changed the way they think about themselves, about going to therapy, about their health, about it's their true. wellness, uh, about the world that surrounds them. She changed the course of Everything. But it She's never a game became, changer. But it, what I'm getting at is it never became a personal relationship with Oprah. In other words, she doesn't come up to your compound. You don't go to no, her compound. No, but it, but it wasn't supposed to be that. I know that, but maybe it would have evolved. Like, why is Gail the chosen one? Because like, why I see not Gail you? More. You're making, she spends more time no, in New No, I mean, York why and... is Gail the chosen one for Oprah? Why are you not the chosen one? You're making What a more... weird, creepy thing to think about. Why not you? Because they're, they're friends. I know, but wouldn't you be a great Oprah friend? I think that I am a good friend to my dog and and my (laughs) husband. Do you ever call Oprah? I mean, no. Wow. Why would I? I don't know. She's the executive in your in your. No, uh, she doesn't work on her show on a day to day basis. She's uh, has an entire network to run and an empire and several businesses. Do you feel Oprah should stop taking a percentage of the Rachel Ray show now that you're up? I don't even know that Harpo still does. But if they do, uh, I, I think she is is entitled to it in perpetuity. We wouldn't be on the air without her. Period. You know what I tried to do? And I, I think she's entitled to it in perpetuity. I tried to steal Gail from Oprah. For a while I was trying to... I love Gail. Yes. Gail is a wonderful person. Very, Gail very nice. Is you're never going to steal her. I tried. Yeah. You are never going to steal <laughs> Gail from Oprah. So where are we at now? Let's talk about mm. this. You've got the Rachel Ray show, yes. which is taking a years. We've got 26 books. And by the way, you and should... And 20 years on Food Network? Yeah, you're still on Food Network. Yeah, I get... am. I'm making... I just... Uh, I, again, I'm cooking every night and Friday morning this week live on Food Network. How do you decide which thing to cook on the Rachel Ray show as opposed to the Food Network? What I think works for each format is different. When you're cooking live, they really only need about a 20-minute, ideally a 20-minute uh, presentation. When I'm cooking on the daytime show, it can be long or short. It doesn't matter. When I write for the magazine, I still write 30-minute meals for that. It depends. Good when Lord. I write for my family, it can be anything. What a so life. I just, and I do three-minute meals now just kind of for fun as a little quirky thing. So it, it, it it's just like um, John writes music. I write food. Like, it's, it's just my hobby. You compose food. And I draw... <clears throat> Kitchen equipment and furniture. What do you got going on now? You know, she wife? makes kitchen equipment. Yeah, we have utensils. about uh, 10 or 11 lines of furniture. We have, what, I don't what, know how many, hundreds of SKUs of You of have Rachel Ray equipment. furniture. Multiple lines. I, I design them around places that I love. Austin, Texas, uh, Monteverde, Italy, upstate New York. Manhattan, mid-century modern. I just and realized. And I doodle you, ways to improve the furniture that I like Rachel, to make look it at more me. modern. You blew right past Martha Stewart. You took no. that. You took her whole no, fucking no. empire. No look one will ever blow past Martha Stewart. Could, for you, I and applaud you. And any woman you. that works in my business <laughs> should, only, should only say that Rachel, they have Martha Stewart to thank. Rachel, yeah. stop being so fucking humble. That's not being you humble. That's blew, being legitimate. You blew past Martha Stewart. You got wait a second. 
You look at you smiling. You're so proud. No, of where I'm is not. your furniture? I didn't even know about the All furniture. All over the furniture. world. We're in Dubai to New York. What do you think of that couch we have in here? I, I can send you. Could you recommend a recommend? Uh, you know, send me a improvement couch. on that couch. Would you? I think uh, I think the Austin line would look great in here. Actually, <laughs> tell me something. If this is true about mm. you, you claim, and I don't believe this for a minute. Uh, you claim that there's a couple of things that you can't cook. Coffee. Coffee and toast. I burn bread. I set bread on fire constantly and consistently. I care about what I can see in front of me. So why can't you make coffee to get to that? I don't know. And I think that John sabotages me when he leaves town. I really do. And he's going away tonight. And I guarantee you tomorrow morning, it'll look like piss or mud. Right. And it'll suck. And he will have somehow strategically but isn't done it, something. But isn't it all like you scoop it out and you put it no, in No, it's yeah, a thing that a grinds the thing. It's supposed to grind it and fill it. Listen, I push the button. It works. It doesn't work. Every time he's not there, it doesn't work. I make toast. and uh, I don't. I put it in the toaster and I, I watch it. And if it starts to get a little too brown, I stop. I you mean, take it well, out. I'm I should come on your show and cook toast. In my defense, yes. I'm usually making toast for multiple people, which you have to then put on a tray. That's true. And broil. So you have to put it under a flame in the oven to get a large amount of buns or, or bread charred. Or you have to do it one at a time over an open flame. Or you have to stand at the toaster for like half an hour. I don't have the time. Isn't it funny? So when I put it in the oven, it catches fire. On my show, I legitimately have How a stunt How do you have an open toaster. fire in your oven? Are you cooking over wood? What are you well, doing? No, if you, have a, if you have a gas stove, a little flame comes up on the Isn't it funny? But even if it was, it, uh, Robin, even if it's the bright red like bar thing yeah, in the electric yeah. oven, I can still set it on fire. Trust me. Rachel, isn't it funny? Like, you know, my mother used to say, my mother loved cooking shows. As I said, loves your show. It's her thing. She just loves it. One of the most difficult things to cook, my mother would say, is, to make a good hard-boiled egg. To make eggs, period. You know, in That's a right. proper chef hat, there's 101 folds, and they represent 101 ways to pre- prepare an egg properly. Yes. And the sign of a great chef, Jacques Pepin, arguably the greatest living chef on the planet right now. Jacques Pepin, you say? Jacques, Jacques Pepin Jacques and Pepin. Jose Andres, I think, are the greatest chefs. I thought John George is the greatest chef. Well, he's an excellent chef, but Jacques Pepin has been a part of... Um, Jacques Pepin? My life since I was a baby. Like, my mother's always watched Jacques Pepin. Jacques Pepin is your... Guru. And, guru. and Jose Andres, who feeds the planet. Whenever, when, when, when the government shut down, he fed everybody in Washington. When there's a hurricane, when there's a natural disaster. You love that. He's one of our biggest gives. You know, North Shore is our largest partner for, uh, animal relief. Yes. Our, our largest partner and certainly our only global partner for food relief is Jose Andres and his global kitchen. Wow. Is it is is it great for you now to be friends with these people too? Of course it is. Yes. It's life changing. It's fun, right? Who are you hanging out with, Rachel Ray? Who are you like I, I hang out with my husband and my dog. The, I'm very You have uh, a few celebrity friends, right? I, I very few. Wonder I mean Tony you're... Bennett comes over for dinner what? and what? he's Slow. wonderful. I almost I almost killed him one time, but uh, I polished the floor. He said something inappropriate? <laughs> no, I oh. polished the floor. <laughs> And the chair fell out behind him and he knocked his oh. head on the counter. And I said, can I, can I tell people that story? And he said, yeah, but only if you tell them it was your fault. 
So you had waxed the floor or something. Uh-huh. And I went to pull out the chair so he could sit down, and I handed him champagne and was giving him his hors d'oeuvres in our apartment. And the chair went right across the room. And he smacked his head into he a marble. Uh... And Susan, his wife, said, don't worry about it. It'll pop right back up. Ah, <laughs> did he? He did. And he ate double portions was of his bleeding? osobuco. <laughs> I didn't go there. She said, just, he's fine. Let him be. What is the, when you have a Tony Bennett coming over, Mm -hmm. the table must be prepared properly. Yes. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a pretty casual entertainer. I like to put an area of snacks out for people so they have something. What type of snacks would I be eating if I was Tony Bennett? Depends. I mean, Tony Bennett loves Italian food. Right. So, uh, a bunch of cicchette, little Italian nibbly bits, you know, crostini with roasted eggplant, Mm. um, caponata, if I didn't make the, the roasted pureed eggplant, all kinds of cheeses, salumi, you know. Salumi is salami? Salumi is assorted charcuterie. Yeah. Oh, oh. A bunch of ham. <laughs> really? Stuff you wouldn't eat. <laughs> yeah, baby. charcuterie. Stuff you eat. <laughs> I would eat and charcuterie. You guys came over. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> you could put some mustard on no, it, you sure. Wouldn't. I love mustard. <laughs> yeah. I would eat anything with I mustard. I don't eat ketchup, but I'll have mustard. <laughs> no, I love mustard. <laughs> yes. So if you guys came over, what do you of think course, of people who vegetarian. put ketchup? Do you like people who put ketchup on their eggs? I think you should be allowed to put anything you want on anything it's you disgusting. want. disgusting. There should be no rules about food. It's disgusting. Okay, my sister puts mayonnaise on French toast. If I can get over that, my sister. She puts does? mayonnaise on French toast. She says it tastes like egg salad. I make wow. uh, Beth eggs and she mm. puts uh, ketchup on it and I go, you cannot do this. Yes, she can. You no. know who used to do that? Jackie O put ketchup on everything. Yes, she I did. Now look she loved ketchup. Listen to me. <laughs> now look Good call, her. Robin. Talk about, you know, you're such an honest person. You're a good person. Mm. I know this about you. Mm. Uh, there's no bullshit with you. I mean, I, if you're up to something evil, I don't know what you're up to. I don't oh my see God. it. Right. What a creepy question. Not you know that I, I mean? know of. It's not a question. I go it's home a and I make dinner. <laughs> but but, but uh, this um, talk about the time. The New York Times reviewed one of your books. Oh, no, and- they didn't review a book. In an article not about reviewing books, an article about food styling, which is a person that prepares your food for the photography for your cookbook. Yes. They said, how do, and they listed a whole laundry list of people, all these people write their books, and they included myself and Gwyneth Paltrow on this long list. They don't. They hire people to write them for them. Oh. I went apoplectic. I cried. You write I all your own books. I have everything in a in an actual notebook. If I was to submit you to a lie detector test, you would The spine of my pass. book is bright red, just like yours, and I yes. keep glancing over at Howard Stern Comes Again, one of my favorite books. Thank you. Um because I think it's mine and I want to keep showing you the, the this or that in it. I have the your book. end the end pages of that book are my notebooks. Everything I, know, I, I have like, written I, for twenty five years. That's my favorite part of your new book. Is in I like that. Is in those notebooks. Like I can prove that I wrote all of my books because I have the hard copy. Right. And my furniture and my oval pot and my oval pan and And for someone know. in the New York Times, which I love the New York Times. I love the New York Times too. It comes to my doorstep every single morning. That one thing they got wrong. Yes. And what I did called, you do? I called Gwyneth Paltrow and I said, I know you wrote your book. She wrote her first cookbook as a love letter to her dad because cooking brought them together. It was a very personal project, and it was very much hers. And when she has uh, someone work on a book with her, she credits them. Right. As does anyone, I think. Uh, you know, I don't know how other people run their things, but I called her, and she came on air. She had a glass of red wine. She didn't have any makeup on. She was in, uh, I think she was in the U.K. at the time. And we talked, and we defended ourselves. And I brought in all my notebooks. I sat behind them. 
They were piled on both sides of me. And I said, listen, I love the New York Times, but I write my things. If it's got my name on it, those are my, that's Why my did you food. not sue the New York Times? Because who would? Why, why would you spend your life or your time or your money in such a You don't thing? sue people. That's not That's a vanity thing. thing. You shouldn't. Look at the but cover of you. But you should defend both. yourself. Look at the cover of you. How cute is this little picture of you? Oh, I hate it. What do you think? So why not would you? Me. No, you got to see this. Look, and let me ask you. I asked my wife this. I said, "What's that?" Going was from a photo shoot where we were doing a, a send up of uh, "I Love Sophia Loren," and there's a famous picture of her where she's eating spaghetti and let sucking me her. This. this dress you're wearing, Dolce Gabbana. Yeah. There's a lot of cleavage going on here. My, I have no boobs. That's just the dress. Well, look, look at me. This I don't a, know. Not I a feel, lot here to be. This so is a very about. sexy uh, look for you. <laughs> but it's because they're being squished all up together. There. The, the boobs are pushed together yeah. in such a way that... Well, small uh, boobs are good in that they stay up there. They're up there. You Very know, nice. At least they stay up there. I like it. It's got sex well, appeal. thank you. I really do like it. Well, thank you. Why didn't Oprah put out a hit on the New York Times reporter <laughs> for saying uh, if she's really your well, protector? Well, first of all, I think she's also way too busy to follow such sh- such folly. So You might end up being as rich as Oprah. The way you're going, the trajectory you're no on. I have no idea. I, I don't, I've never... You never call your accountant and say, how much am I worth? God, no. Come on. Never. Come on. How do I not And you believe- don't worry about it. I don't, not ever. You don't worry about spending I, too much. I have said over and over again for decades that the one way you can make yourself fearless in life is to absolutely go to whatever place you have to go to to be grateful for the job you have. I got to tell if you. If you can become grateful for what you do, including dish machine operator, if you can just find gratitude for being employed... You can be fearless because the worst thing that can happen to you in life is that you stay where you are. So you have to be at peace with that. And once you are, who cares about the money? It's about the pursuit. It's about the creative. It's about what you can do. It's about the next page in your notebook, the next day of your life. When I was a little girl, my mom said, why do you only draw girls? I said, what are you talking about? That's a giraffe. That's a fish. That's a man. That's a woman. Everything has a purse. I said, it's not a purse. That's where they keep their notebook. Every day of your life is a page that you can write. And people like Tony Bennett are friends because at 90, he made his first bust, 90 or 91. He made his first bronze bust, and it was of his best friend, Harry Belafonte. Really? And they sent me a little phone picture. He and Susan sent me a phone picture of it when he finished. And you could see every vein in his forehead and every pore of his skin and he educates himself every summer, at least to my knowledge, through the time he was 90, at least. Right. He goes to Florence and studies art because he's an artist. He's yes. a great sculptor and painter and wonderful. Um, I That's my appreciation of life is every single day that you're here, you get up and you try and create something new or beautiful and you have an adventure of some sort. Well, you're also very generous. Like I said, you, uh, you know, my wife and I were behind building this whole big uh, North Shore Animal League. That's the most beautiful surprise I ever had in my whole life. To yeah. be there on the day when you guys and when Beth realized her life stream was incredible. It was Thank incredible. You. And we Thank built you. a Rachel Ray room, which uh, was very cool. We wanted to surprise you. But you were very generous with that. And even I, I see a Christmas, you embarrass me. You send me these birth. Uh, I love uh, Christmas shopping. You send me I Christmas, Christmas shopping gift. for you yesterday, actually. Your Hanukkah Christmas is done. You did? Yeah, I did. Yeah. But you're a little too generous. Oh no, I'm not. It's I can't fun. keep up with this. It's fun. I love it. And you I like was a giving. buyer. You know, I was a buyer for years. People paid me a very good salary to spend their oh, money. Oh, so you're good at it. I'm excellent at it. When did that it. happen? I was a, I was a 
I profession, professional buyer for Agatha and Valentina and uh, Macy's Marketplace before that. Look at you. Yeah, I was a buyer for years and very good at it. And you got that furniture line? We could go through. You didn't even finish. Furniture? I have furniture. We have homewares. Um, What's homewares? Bed, uh, that's all the stuff that I make for the kitchen, the oval pots and the pans and the dishes and the platters. What an empire. And all yeah. the stuff, all the funny utensils. You make utensils? And I even make uh, spice blends, and I created one for yeah. Robin, who she taste tested. <laughs> I love, Because she love. wanted low sodium, so I made a Robin's blend. Wow. <laughs> that's our newest in our spice Boy, line. John, it's so good. Did you John, loved it, right? I do. I I told you. I, yes. I you know I just made pasta the other day, and she wants, and I was sprinkling away. And boy, she wants to have a spice grinder that had less sodium for her diet. And, and you're developing a gardening line, and yeah, a, and a gardening a design, line, and then and you're designing we're handbags, into bed and bath. Oh, that's exciting! Wait a so second. So, Convalore, what the fuck is going on here? Maybe Convalore, I should sell something. What's in that note? Get that notebook, Howard. Show me your notebook. Convalore is Convalore. The name. With Valor. I wanted to call it with balls, but that's a little aggressive for women. So <laughs> Convalore is with Valor. And there are a group of families in northern Italy that are still artisans and they only use natural vegetable dyed, completely circle of life, no chemicals whatsoever. These very special leathers and they pass it down from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. Animals are used for food, but they run around and they're responsibly raised. And there's absolutely no chemicals in any of the leathers. And this is a dying art form. There's only this tiny little co-op of people that still do this in Italy, right? So we went to this group of people and said, we'd like to use this product for less to make things that cost much less money. So what can you do for us? Because the only people that buy these things are like super, super high end. The bags that are made and the belts that are made from this particular region's work cost thousands. We make them and they cost the highest thing I sell is, I think, $299. Beautiful. Everything we make is very affordable. But more importantly, we sell it on a site. It's a shopping site for women. We are Moxie made. Uh, most all of the models are my actual friends. Many of them are cancer survivors, entrepreneurs, single business ladies. The models that we pick have something to say and a statement about them. But all of the people that participate, I curate the site, everyone we sell, it's a female-owned artisan company. Are you in meetings all day? Yeah, but they don't feel like meetings. I mean, They're oh just my fun. God. Everybody's... This, is some, our, this, this guy, John, who meeting, married you, well, he had the jackpot with you. It, well, John takes his boot to the office with him, and everybody's always got food. When we have our producers' meetings, we have Mamoon's falafels, or we Let have me pizza. Understand. And then on top of all People this... People can bring their kids or their animals to work. Nothing feels like work. On top of all of this stuff you run, then you made a virtual restaurant where I can... So oh, I, Uber! Uber does this fun thing now. That's what I said, is it's wonderful to be a woman and 50 and still be relevant so the cool thing now in food is to have uber eats produce your food in different cities all across the country so we're what? in 15 cities right now no wait a second For you got that in new york weeks, so let's say i want dinner york. i want dinner tonight you can order any of the there's selections from the book right now but if the and they'll deliver that it, to my house and they'll deliver it to your house how do you fucking have time for all of this well the the uh, original recipes Andrew Kaplan, who runs my charitable initiative, and he's a wonderful chef. Yeah. He lives in Chicago, and there's the main kitchen for the Uber Eats thing. They have a production kitchen there. So Cappy goes to the main, that's his nickname, Cappy. 
goes to the main place and he knows me for many, many, many years. And we've cooked together a million times. So he goes and trains the Uber Eats staff. This is how she likes this. This is how she wants that. Like the sesame Ooh, tahini you salad. For, you should run for president. Robin, you would love the sesame tahini Robin, salad. Robin, do you believe there. this? It's yeah. only vegan. Yeah. It's I delicious. I can't believe it. I mean, it's uh, amazing. You love it. I really yeah. feel like uh, brought, Robin. Robin and I are very lazy compared to you. I know. I feel like lazy. an underachiever now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's so Good terrible. Lord. I'm gonna I love have you to so much, like both of you, and I have such respect for I'm, you. Don't I'm gonna have so to like flail myself this afternoon for being so lazy. Right, anyway, look. they train them in the main kitchen, and then all the other cities can watch the video, and they get the virtual tutorial on how to make the food. So in the 15 different cities, they all know how to make it, so it's uniform from coast to coast. Wow. And you jump out of airplanes too, Uber right? I love jumping out of airplanes. What do you What do you mean you jump out of airplanes? I love jumping out of airplanes because it's super exciting for a few <laughs> minutes. Well, she's so busy. Howard, she doesn't have time for them to and land. Let me tell you, I'd jump out of an airplane too if I was this busy. <laughs> I mean, but I, then after you open, when the, did you start doing that? About twenty five years ago. What happened? You, you said, I have a desire. I had a thing on the local news where I could do anything I wanted within 100 miles for less than $100. That's what later became $40 a day. So they had a $99 special for skydiving. <laughs> wow. You are intense. You know <laughs> you that? Don't, you don't want, I, in hindsight, you probably don't want a bargain on. Right, yeah, on yeah. Skydiving. Right, on yeah. the skydiving. Nine, $99 skydiving. better to, like, spend the most money spend possible. Spend all you have, yes. yes. Yeah, I'd be concerned about discount but skydiving. I, did, I, did. I really would. I did a $99 dive at the Sky Ranch, and wow. I, I just loved it. It's so exciting for a few seconds, but once you open the chute, it is pin silent, and if you push both hands down at the same time, you can hover over the earth with you don't you stop falling. You're not in free fall. You push both hands down and you're literally hovering in perfect silence over the earth. Did it you, is like 10 years of therapy in two minutes. When you read these uh, accounts of people who do a skydiving class and then the parachute doesn't open, uh, does, it, does it put any pause in, in this you activity? Two. You get two shots. Oh, you do? You have two shoots? You have two shoots. You have an emergency. So why do some people... But leave? still, people are dying. Right. Yeah. Well, sometimes if it's tandem, a guy can hit the other guy in the head if he panics, knock oh. that guy out. Low power lines, uh, high winds. If you're trick falling, you can fall into buildings and stuff. Are you are you at the point where you can work your own Without parachute? The guy, I can, yeah. yes. I haven't because I like to go with people that are... Pros. Yeah, because I like to do the flips and the spins and all that. And I don't <laughs> feel it's great. like that good. Wow. I'm not good enough to do the fun stuff. Oh, my God. But I like to be in the pattern thing and the backward flippy thing and all that. Wow. They brave. let you, though, as soon as you pull the chute, they let you be the, the did, parachuter. Did, did you but I like out, to do the spins before. Did you go to Fenway Park and throw out the first I pitch? I did! Right over the plate and Veritech caught and it didn't touch the dirt and it was from the mound proper. Proper. Good for you. you I see, threw for six months to practice for that. When you see Fafa Flow High's oh, uh, pitch. Oh, wow, that was really... You you practiced for <laughs> what? Practice practice you practiced too. Pra Terrible. You practiced for three months. Six. Six months. Six months. I had a pitch back in my driveway and then I went to Hayner's Barn and actually had a pitching coach for the last couple weeks. Because you didn't want to embarrass yourself. And I wanted to throw... It was very important for me as a woman to throw from the mound. Right. Like because I wanted to cheat. be like full 
full distance. And you say the pitch was perfect. It went right, right over. Right down the center. Veritech caught, crouched, never touched the dirt directly over the plate. Were you were you shocked by the lack of finesse that Fafafui himself <laughs> had? I mean, here's a guy who claims he was a coach for Little League and all of this. Well, shame. being a good coach yeah. does yeah. not always mean that one is... <laughs> Do you laugh at a guy like this? Uh, do you have no, a- I feel terribly uncomfortable and super embarrassed. Whenever I see anybody fail at anything, I'm like, oh! Do you imagine the shame <laughs> I felt when my producer <laughs> just missed completely and threw it like... And it comes up over and over <gasps> every year. And, right, and they make it. loops out of should it. Ga- and, yes, yeah. Yeah. Should, should Gary yeah. be teaching kids to pitch, or is that something that he should not be doing, he, in your opinion? He should be inspiring them <laughs> after the pitching coach is done coaching. Rachel Ray, (laughs) if there is anybody out there who's not enjoying life, you must listen to this woman. You will absolutely learn something. Rachel Ray, 50 Memories. The book is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I am reading it. I am loving it. I like your recipes. You know I do because uh, your pizza is among the best I've ever had. (laughs) I'm not bullshitting anybody here. I will put it in the next book. Please do. Rachel Ray, 50 Memories of Meals from a Sweet and Savory Life. And it has been sweet. Oh, it has. It's been so good. Now available wherever books are sold. She is saving the planet (laughs) single-handedly. She's probably a better person than Oprah herself. And nobody knows it. (laughs) Yes. Nobody realizes it. Oprah won't tell. Oprah, Oprah is wonderful. Oprah is jealous of <laughs> Rachel Ray, and so is Martha Stewart. You are oh, well dear. on your way to becoming the super mogul that people want to be. I'm well on my way to work. Yes. <laughs> yes. Watch Rachel on 30-Minute Meals on the Food Network and on her daytime talk show, Rachel Ray. Check your local listings. You've heard it all. You heard how she seduced her husband <laughs> with food. <laughs> and and our, our common love of vinyl. Oh yeah, how much? How many? Oh, so three thousand records. How many? How many records? About three thousand now. You listen to vinyl? Oh, we love it. When do you have time? Where do you let him keep them? In our house, <laughs> all over. The I mean, it's, it's our collective collection. Yeah. And you have a stereo, a fine stereo. It's the most expensive thing in our apartment. I think it's it's pretty crazy stereo. And you, and you put the record on. And yeah, you, and we have the record vacuum, and the record player floats. And you feel that the sound is so Incredible. much better, it so really much is. better than a CD. It's so warm, or, and there's something sexy about it. You know, they make plenty of good wines now that have screw tops and plastic corks and all kinds of solutions to actual cork that comes right. from cork trees. But there's something romantic about a proper cork in a bottle of wine, and there's something infinitely sexy about a vinyl record. I want to also remind the audience, and I don't think they know this. Yeah, Gary's really sexy. <laughs> yes. Both also sexy. <laughs> uh, Gary keeps threatening to have a vinyl party at our apartment. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You know, the the thing that people don't realize about you, mm. that during this interview, you wrote two books and, <laughs> and designed a couch. And made two recipes. And two recipes. <laughs> You're constantly working. Some would call you a workaholic. I call you a lifeaholic. Yeah, I, I... You love it. I love being alive. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know anyone who loves being alive more than you. <laughs> I swear to God, it's, it's inspiring. And I want to thank you once again for being so generous to North Shore Animal League. America. You guys do such important work in North Shore um, and, and you and Beth. Because I mean, there's of no you, one out there doing what you guys d- are doing. Don't... Listen, I'm complimenting you now. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, this is what happened early in your life with your mother and father. (laughs) You don't need to repair me and Robin. We're okay. Listen to me. So far. Listen to me. 
what you did is you built a cage-free environment for animals. They don't have to be locked up in cages. It's amazing. And uh, they're happy. They really are. They are. The, there was a cat there. I don't know if you saw this. There's a cat there that they had in a cage for all these years, and he was. they, they said he's not adoptable because he's not friendly. They put him in the new cage-free environment that you built, and guess what? Cat's friendly, sitting on everyone's Cat's lap. Fine. Got adopted. Uh, amazing. You're kidding. You didn't tell us he got adopted. <laughs> I'm winging it. <laughs> no, but it really but it's is. true. When we were there together, I did see a cat go a couple steps and then run back. Right. And then he went a couple steps farther. And yes. he ran back. And beautiful. By the time we left the room, he was going all around all and around. up and down. They just don't know. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for the work you both do. And uh, it was God wonderful bless. to be and there on that day. You know what? You don't. I don't know if you know, but Rachel was honored by the charity I'm on the board of last year, the T.J. Martell Foundation. Oh, she's mm-hmm. like Jesus she Christ does. himself. <laughs> I know. She's That's just right. amazing. You're, you know what? Maybe Jesus did come back, and maybe it is Rachel Ray. <laughs> oh it's God. Rachel Ray. Could we, you this be is Jesus? getting weird. Could you be Jesus? <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I, as a favor to you, I. Scented the green room today with sardines, so you oh, smell nice. like when you were a little girl. <laughs> nice. Did and you, the coffee tastes like I made it. Did you also? Yeah. Just, <laughs> oh, that's a, oh, that's but no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> and you coffee also, was and, and I didn't even get into the fact that you throw a huge music festival in Austin. Yeah, yes. feedback every year. I, yeah. I don't know how you're doing all uh, this. You but said, God bless who you. do we know that are good friends? Uh, some of my dearest friends, including animal friends, are are the band Green Day, Mike Dirt and. Brittany Pritchard are very close couple friends. Oh, no kidding. And yes, and Billy Joe and Adrian Armstrong, they freed the last um, chimps that were used for human Did testing. They? Wow, you don't and, even know this. And they have a, a sanctuary, and I designed the kitchen for it, and we support it with our nutrition dollars. And they bring in 10 chimps at a time. They're from babies up uh, into their 50s and beyond. And you want to see something profound. You see an animal with uh, about the same intelligence as a, as a, a kid human be on the grass and out in the air for the first time ever in their lives and discovering each other, touching another chimp for the first time ever in their lives. It's incredible. And you're hanging out with profound. Mike. You're hanging out with Mike Dern. I love them very much. I heard them on your show and they sent us. And Billy the, Joe, you're hanging out? Of course. Do you I, go to his house? I We had a big group Christmas together a couple of years ago. Do we they all jam had in front Christmas of you? Together. I've seen them play many times, yes. No, oh, but I mean in that. I don't know. They, they, they don't come over and like. Well, let me understand something. Well, actually, Mike Mike plays with John, of, of course, when they're Mike together. Mike Dern plays with John? Of course they do. They play together in, in his studio. And they, well, you're telling and, me. And Mike you get, John is good, huh? You, you know what? You get to go over Billy Joe's house with Mike Mike Dern? We go to Mike and Britt's. No kidding. Yeah. And Billy Joe Billy shows Joe's up? there, of course. Yeah, they all, they're all friends. They all hang out together. Look at you. Now you're talking. No, it's not glamorous. We made meatballs and, and, and lamb chops together. I'd like together to make meatballs with those guys. <laughs> no, we're just, I mean, they hang out like anybody, any other people. And what do they talk about? We actually met Mike and Britt. Um, when we were at uh, our thing in South by Southwest, but they were just there vacationing. I think they went away just for their anniversary that weekend. I love those guys. And they weren't, I love them too. I love them long before we ever met them or knew them. Of course, we're enormous fans. We have an enormous final collection of green day. 
But to know them for several years now and see them again, it's really inspiring to see them at the height of their creativity and to get just these epic, epic works of art out, you know, at this stage in their careers. Are you endorsing anyone for president? No, it's too early in that game. It's too early in that game. But do you you get that political? I think I'm a, Definitely a political animal. John and I watch several hours of news a day. I do not include that in my programming because that's not what people come to me for. It's not my job. You've got to be cool with that because you probably got I have to stay in my lane. I'm here for what you should make for dinner and with the message that you should all be kind to each other. You so know, if like, I'm a like candidate, poor Ellen had to say, you know, right. she had to defend herself for uh, smiling at George Bush. Don't be ridiculous. I fixed that. I went on her it's, show and I made out with her and everyone forgot about it. <laughs> no one's thinking about that anymore. But sincerely, that's not what people, you know, come to me for. And I shouldn't put, you know, my politics or so my expectations say, on them. Let's say Joe Biden came to you and he said, look, Rachel. I like the Bidens. I, okay. I, need, I, I also you. like the McCain family very much. Okay. You know? We've had both what sides on our show. What if Joe comes to you and says, listen, I need you. It's time for you to step up for your country. I would never do that. You won't? Absolutely not. Because it's not my lane. People Have you don't ever been come asked? to me for that sort of no. And if anybody did, I would say no. What if I run for president? Not, well, <laughs> then the, the, the whole, all bets all right. are off. All, right. yeah. all bets are off then. Rachel Ray. I will fifth, be catering every single one of Howard's fundraisers Rachel for Ray, free. We celebrate 50 memories and meals from a sweet and savory life, now available wherever books are sold. This generous, beautiful woman. Who even exposes her cleavage on the cover of the book. <laughs> so that, you know, pervy she dudes. She strikes a Sophia Loren pose. Yes. This is not her comfort zone. She went out of her comfort zone <laughs> to look like Sophia Loren. <laughs> Watch your back, Oprah. She's coming on strong. You think you own her? Oh my God. We'll see who owns who in the end. My money's on Rachel Ray. I love you, Oprah. <laughs> Oprah, now the war begins. Oh, my God. Rachel is throwing <laughs> down the gauntlet. Jeez. Rachel says... You own my show? It's going to be a long we'll day at the office. Watch Rachel on 30-Minute Meals on the Food Network and on her daytime talk show, Rachel Ray. Check your local listen. Great seeing you. Thank you. Honey. Thank you for being so generous with that charity. Thank you for being so generous with your time. And, and um, it was great to see you. Rachel Ray, you, everybody. Robin. Get that book. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, honey. Beautiful, right? Why didn't you think of it? I know. I had this in my head. I think they stole it right out of there. You didn't You didn't write it down or hum it into anything. I did write it down. <laughs> Where's your notebook? Right here. <laughs> I love that. I even like that fuzziness. Of course you do. Turning you on. We got to get over to the vinyl party. That's right. See, if Rachel Ray invites you to a vinyl party, are you going? Falls on me. No. It falls <laughs> on me. Breaks me down. Yeah. Here I go. All your way. It falls on me. It falls on me. There you go. Thank you. Collective soul. Heavy. With the collective sure. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I was reading Harry Harrison got inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame, and I was like trying to. Harry Harrison was, I think, 
Wasn't he the morning man at WABC, or was that Herb Oscar Anderson, or he was on WMCA? My mind is going on me. I think he was MCA. Uh, Herb Oscar Anderson was WMCA. Uh, was he? Uh, I hate that I <laughs> I used to know all this stuff. I know. And I didn't grow up here, so I have to... Yeah. You rely on me. Sort of. Yeah. Harry Harrison. He was like, Harry Harrison. And his whole thing he was... one of those deep voices, yeah. His whole thing was the deep voice, the the beautiful delivery, but his really his thing was that he was Harry Harrison. It was like two Harrys, Harry Harrison. That was it. His whole thing was his name. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow there's a hall of fame for guys like that. But hey, good for him. Look, they uh, kept the airwaves going when they nobody sure knew, what to, knew what to do with them. Right. And thank God they finally put Ryan Seacrest in the Radio Hall of Fame. I mean, what an injustice. <laughs> <laughs> what a hall of fame but uh you should have seen uh, jimmy fallon inducted ryan seacrest it was all kind of carrying on jimmy fallon jimmy fallon maybe maybe it's starting to get some gravitas the radio hall of fame yeah. well where is it now where is it they moved it out of some guy's basement into his <laughs> mother's basement and now i don't know where it is <laughs> radio hall of fame all kind of trophies Doing that radio. Mm-hmm. Look at all the titty Rachel's showing on the cover of her book. And that's well, if she, I remember that that picture of Sophia Loren. Yeah. And if she got into that, Jitties. yeah, it, all it was supposed to be was uh, cleavage. Harry Harrison is cleavage 80, and spaghetti. There you Jitties. go. You're right. Harry Harrison is 89 years old. God bless him. Wow. Right. Seventy. Yeah. <laughs> 89. 89. 69! Start screaming 89, Ronnie. 69! We don't have that. Oh, man. That Rachel Ray is upbeat, huh? Oh, my God. Not only is she upbeat, that was like the greatest advice that anyone has ever given on the show. It's about appreciating where you are. Well, I have and to disagree with you. And what can come from that. That was great advice. Don't get me wrong. But the greatest advice ever given on this show was by me when I said, use Metamucil. Uh, my bowel <laughs> moments are huge. Where can you go after you uh, do Metamucil? Oh, here, I wasn't wrong. Harry Harrison worked at WMCA, WABC, and WCBS. That's Harry what I said, WMCA. Yeah. No, but I'm saying he worked at all of them. Oh, he worked everywhere. Everywhere. Radio guys used to do that. They'd work somewhere, then they go to some other place. It was like they just bounce back and forth. Well, that's why he's mm. in. He works for so many stations. Wish I had some tape of him. We could honor him with his Radio Hall of Fame. Harry Harrison. I was like, I'll never be in radio because I'll never be able to do what those guys do. It was awesome. Echo. Harry Harrison. I know. I don't know why everybody was in an echo chamber. I think... Um, I actually think it was the sound in their head just rattling around. <laughs> the emptiness. Oh, here's Sour Shoes with a Harry Harrison impression. Look at this. Oh, wow. We're being Harry Harrison. Oh, Harry Harrison. Good morning, Maya. Good morning, Ralph. 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 Good morning, Ralph.
I'll never Lord. get through. I'll never get through to him. No, you get don't get to ask a question. Right. He can't hear you with all the noise he's making. He must have heard us carrying on about him and figured he'd call in. Grace us with a call today. Well, I guess we better get to news, huh? I don't need a break here, do I, Fred? Uh, no, not yet. Awesome. I'm right on sketch. All right. Busy show today. Harry Harrison was at WMCA from 1959 to 1968. Then he went to WABC from 68 to 79. And then he was at WCBS from 80 to 2003. Look at that career. That's why you get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's how you do it, kids. One day maybe you can be in the Radio Hall of Fame. Keep switching stations. <laughs> yeah. There was a period in my life where I thought that's like all the great radio guys used to switch stations. So I was like, yeah. I got to rack up a whole bunch of radio stations that I worked at. Little do I know that now that I look back on it, I think I've worked at every radio station in the country through syndication. <laughs> that's right. You didn't have to go anywhere. No. I took a lazy man's approach. Don't do it one station at a time. Do it all at once. I had some guy early on in my career I worked with. He got... He he worked at so many radio stations. He was so good on the radio, except his problem was he was addicted to cough medicine and uh, codeine. So they kept firing him, but he'd always get another job, this guy. Everybody kept thinking he'd pull it together, huh? I didn't. I saw what was going on. <laughs> In fact, he would sit there and drink codeine during his airship with his girlfriend. Like, like she would just sit there with him. I was amazed. Yeah, that's a pretty good indication he's not coming back. That's when I knew I was in the wrong business. I was like, hey, that guy's really fucked up, and he's really good at this. <laughs> what chance is there for me? He, uh, Yeah, but so he kept moving around. I don't know what happened to him. I lost touch. I don't think it worked out really well. It couldn't have. Not this guy. <laughs> if uh, it did, I want to interview him. Here's a song, Robin, for you to start the news with. Need Robin's body, her high need, an asset needs to fuck. Now she's got a lovely vagina, vagina, but there's something else that I want. I can't wait to get it. It's so tight, it's so tight. It's so tight. I need to so have that sweet ass yeah, out yeah. for me. called in earlier uh, yes that's i think is first <laughs> yes and 
you see, it was all about the butt. You're right. Yeah, I didn't realize that. <laughs> and it's uh, like a very emotional call earlier in the day. I, I, everything's crossed for him to to improve right. and beat this whole thing. You bet. Uh, John from Florida, yes. Yeah, uh, Rachel Ray interview was good. I, I didn't realize, we use her dog food all the time. I didn't realize that uh, that dog food goes towards uh, charity. 100% of it. 100% of it. She takes all of the profits yeah, been, and uh, gives them to animal charities, including the one that... Yeah, we've uh, been, do, we've been using it for quite a while. <laughs> We're not yeah, vibing here, yeah. Johnny. You're talking and I'm talking and... It's just not working for some reason. Doesn't sound like a real conversation. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, what I wanted to call about though was uh, the psych interview. Um, that was really. I tell you, your show. I've been listening forever. Your show has all the laughter and everything, but when it gets really real, you can see. You know, Robin is a professional. Very seldom do you see her. You know, get emotional. Um, and at the end, when she got emotional, I actually started to get a little choked up. But then I started laughing because I realized through the whole seriousness of your interview with him, the one guy that didn't drop off at all was Fred. Yes. He's oh, Fred has no heart. Drop. Zero. He, uh, he is He's a robot. <laughs> yeah, he felt nothing, by the way. Fred felt nothing. During what that. did I do to offend this person, by the way? I was curious. <laughs> Other than the bashing. I think what he's saying, Fred, is you continued the laughs by playing that's little right. drops. Yeah, that's what things. I'm supposed to do. That's yeah, my job. I think he's complimenting you. Oh, good. So calm down over there. Very nice. Thank what? you. John. I'm saying Fred very well could have gotten emotional, but he stayed true. He's the guy you want flying the jet when everything's going wrong. Cause he's I'm sorry. All right, no John. <laughs> thank you very much from Florida. There he goes. Says that uh, Fred held it all together. There you go. Listen. Robin is the most professional because she did cry on the air. The true broadcaster is able to show all sides to themselves. Fred and I are not heartless. No. Emotional. No, I'm only teasing. We it's just that you She's were like Walter Cronkite. The most professional during that. Remember when Walter Cronkite cried when JFK got shot? Right. She's like yeah. that. But that's good. Yes. I've learned that. Very real. Fred is a cyborg who loves <laughs> terminal illness. Live for it. Yeah. He, he feels alive only when he hears others are dying. Oh, you see what he does. I no. do a sad oh, story in the news. He plays laughter. He plays the Jackie laugh. <laughs> that's how he really feels. <laughs> uh, Robin, I'll appreciate that. Thank you, Fred. What is the, uh, what is, what, what, Robin, what is the top story? Well, you know, we didn't talk about this Say what? what is that? I've been struggling with my voice, so now Fred is going to try to make me talk over that. Music. How dare you? Very jealous of you. Very much. <laughs> she has those feelings. Uh, no, I was going to talk about the. Did you see this Connecticut gymnast who died practicing? Yes. You think of gymnastics as not a dangerous sport, 
even, you know, because these little girls who come out and do these amazing things on the balance beam and the uneven parallel bars and even on the floor exercises, they make it look so easy you think it's not dangerous. Let me tell you, that is the most dangerous looking thing. I never let my daughters do that gymnastics. Well, you don't let your daughters do anything. Your That's daughters right. couldn't go down a slide. That's true. <laughs> anything can happen. They could have hit their head. <laughs> But this young lady was an accomplished <laughs> gymnast. Is that true? I didn't let the kids down the slide. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll never forget the I first time I them. saw you. Yeah. Poor little Emily wanted to get on the sliding board. She's and so like, cute. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Well, I was. I was, a, I was what they call a helicopter parent. I always imagined that something bad might happen. Well, look, she's still alive, right? So it worked. <laughs> I'm busy running around on parallel bars, I'll tell you that. Amazing. I couldn't right. believe it. I was like, oh, my goodness, you can't even enjoy this for him carrying on. Listen, enough enjoyment. <laughs> not Did everything. you ever go down a slide? Of course not. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Because I was like, you must know that this is okay, Howard. You went down a slide, didn't she you? She went down plenty of slides. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes, this young lady... Uh, she was, uh, I think, a senior in college, and she's been an All-American in the sport and all of that stuff. And she was doing a routine on the uneven parallel bars and had an unexpected fall, and two days later, she was dead. She broke her spine or something. Yeah, she had some kind of... Well, you know, that's the thing. You're flipping around. You don't see where you're going sometimes because you're moving backwards. And uh, therefore, you don't know, you know, you you might not even know where the floor is. And uh, she wound up really severely injuring herself. So I just wanted to point out that all of these Olympians, no matter what sport they're in, uh, they're pushing themselves to the absolute human limit. And it's such and, an incredible and thing. And how much pushing the body. Oh, I remember I was at Roosevelt, in Roosevelt, they had the, um, you go to gym class and they had that horse, you know, the horse. Yes, the pommel horse. The pommel horse. And, uh, <laughs> oh my God, when they brought that thing out, I said, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? I can't do this. I couldn't even somersault. So you had to go. I remember smacking my balls right into that thing. <laughs> it was the most horrible thing ever. They oh my made goodness. you get on that horse and I even said it's too much. And parallel bars are too much. And all of the contortions and moving the body around. You're not supposed to move the body around. Listen, who is that? <laughs> it's Robin. Robin, of course you can move your body around, but in a natural way where there's no stress on the bones and on the organs. Well, what fun is that? That sounds terrible. Listen, Howard never, (laughs) ever did any of that. (laughs) And believe me, all of that carrying on. For what? For what? Did you take Howard to the playground? No. (laughs) Howard had a perfect life. Did he have a swing set in the backyard? Yes. He did. Of course. Of course he did. Well, that was nice. And I'll tell you this. But how high was he allowed to swing? Oh, he just looked at it. He wasn't allowed (laughs) on the swing. And doing 
light yoga or doing a walk. Walking is very good. A walk. A walk. But to jump around and put stress in the body is very bad. And these kids are out there with the horse and the bars and the carrying. And the rings and the, and the floor exercises. Rings, that's right. And for what reason? My what kid, reason? For what reason? To show the absolute to? beauty of talking the body. Robin. Who? Oh, no. Robin's on the phone with Howard. Who? Howard. Who? Howard. Who? Howard. Who? Howard. Oh. And who else? Robin. Who? Robin. Who? Robin Quivers. Who? Robin. Oh, with my Howard. God. Oh, Robin. Oh. And monkey bars are for monkeys. But, but, but let me ask you something. Isn't it? Great to know the extent to which the human body can perform. No. Look. No. The human body performs perfectly. Look, let and me ask you, you something. Listen, I'm telling you something. <laughs> when you push the body and when you do too much, you must get your sleep. And you must use your body delicately. I can. Can I ask you something? My now? husband and I, <laughs> we took a walk. When? Walking is What good. year? Well, not anymore. <laughs> My husband doesn't want to walk, and it's very cold out right now. And in the summer, That's true. it is too hot for walking. There was so one, when do you walk? There's like two days a year. Two days a year. <laughs> That are perfect. <laughs> but believe me when I tell you, the human body was designed for deep rest. <sighs> Most important. And you. You won't let me ask a question. You need to listen. <laughs> oh, God. Because you, especially you. What did I do now? With, with what is going on with you, you must get rest. And I, I saw, do. I rest all the time. No, you don't. You went <laughs> and became a legendary dove. <laughs> and what happened? I I did contract a cold. Of course, because you didn't rest. And now you're. Paying I tried for to it. rest. And now you're paying for it. Oh. All right, mom. Thanks for bumming everyone. I couldn't out. ask a question. What is? Can I ask a question? Sure. I gotta go. All right. Okay, wait a minute. During World War II. Who are you talking to? Oh, no. I'm still on the Robin. Who? Robin. Who? Robin. Who? Robin. <laughs> oh, still? Yes. What's your question? During World War II, the troops World did War not II? get. Yes, That's yes. what you're the... worried about? Well, hold it. I'm asking a question. The troops trained very hard. That's right. And they did not get a lot of sleep. Listen, and you're not World wasn't War it II. necessary? Listen, you're what? not World War II. You this don't is know not anything my point. about World War II. Didn't you they need... train 
<laughs> Didn't they have to learn to run and walk listen, for miles Robin, at a time to get to where they needed to go? Listen, Robin, you're not at war. And you got to calm down. <laughs> and you're, you're on fire. And all but of it was quest- good that they did that, all wasn't it? All of your it? carrying on led to cancer. <sighs> and if you don't carry on, you don't get cancer. That's it. Now you know the truth. Put that Nothing's your- ever happened to you who's been perfect? Listen. I'm perfect. That's right. <laughs> All right, Mom, you're perfect. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. You, you can't, can't, argue, with you can't argue with it. Don't. <laughs> you're never going to win that. Back to you, Bobby. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who's doing it? That's John Goodman. Boy, he's terrific. <laughs> Boy, he's got a great and sound. When did we get him to do that? <laughs> we did it. We recorded him having sex. <laughs> he didn't know it. Two people in China are being treated for the plague. Do you know that the Black Death is still around? Yes. <clears throat> yeah, I think Gary has it. <clears throat> Gary, do you have the Black Death? <clears throat> <laughs> From uh, 2010 to 2015, more than 3,248 <clears throat> cases were reported worldwide. Why is the Black Death still around, Howard? <clears throat> well... Why? Because people do it's too because, much. Because no, it's because of the fleas that oh. are living on infected rodents. Right, Gary, so phlegm still... twice if you have the plague. That's <clears throat> <clears throat> a yes. <laughs> yes, there are these you know rodents that have the plague virus what? or bacteria in them. It's actually a bacteria. <clears throat> And um, they have fleas, and then the fleas get on uh, people or or other animals. They can, you know, get on your pets, and uh, and then they can infect you. So you have to be uh, aware that uh, the Black Death still exists, and they say the hotbeds, you know, it's not really terrible, terrible, but the most endemic countries are the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Madagascar, and Peru. I did not know that. Mm. <coughs> I'm telling that you, I think you're onto something with Gary because <coughs> he cannot clear his throat properly. He can't, no. <coughs> so Gary's telling me that. that somehow, I don't know how he got <coughs> into this, but he's having a vinyl party at Rachel Ray's house. <laughs> well, she said he keeps threatening, but he's never pulled it off. Gary, what's up? Is, How do you, are you going to do that now? Are you personal so, friends so with her? So I'm friends with um, with their executive producer and also a little friendly with her husband. So I invited the executive producer. You know, I said, we're going to try to put something together. He said, where are you going to do it? I said, we haven't figured it out yet. And then he called me back a couple of days later. He said, they'd like to host it. So what is a vinyl party again? For those of us who don't remember. So it'll just be a bunch of people who like vinyl. And, and they'll uh, bring. And everyone will bring a record. <laughs> and, That's uh, right. And then and we have a theme of the. We'll have a theme for the party, which hasn't been chosen yet. Jukebox right. songs, big jukebox songs. And, then, <laughs> and yeah. then people get up and say, "Hey, here's a Suspicious song." Suspicious Minds by Elvis Presley. Right. But, uh, My for, way, Frank Sinatra. I Mac think, the Knife, Bobby Darin. 
Be My Baby by the Ronettes featuring Ronnie Spector. Have you ever been over Rachel Ray's apartment? I have not. I think well. Fred Ormison might join us as well. Wow, that's so weird. He's a huge vinyl guy. Like, anytime, like, I was just in L.A., and Fred just dropped me a note, and he goes, did you find any cool record stores? But what's fun about listening I to it? I found Alone Again Naturally by Gilbert O'Sullivan. What's fun about it, like, in terms of listening to it together? Okay, let's assume you like vinyl. And let's say I'm at home, and I have a stereo, and I'm listening, and, you know, and I'm doing something around the house, and I put the music on. Okay, that, okay, I'll, I'll go along with you. But why do you need to sit in a room with Fred Armisen with and Rachel people, Ray? Yeah. It's more like a community experience than a listening experience. It's not like we're going for uh, for high fidelity. Do it's you more talk like a, while the music is going? Yeah, everybody yeah. talks while the music is going. So somebody gets up and puts there's their song a, on. There's a crackle coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Ray I love golden earring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you? What kind of theme are you thinking about at Rachel's house? It would, I mean, I just haven't thought about it yet. What about jukebox? But I was thinking of a, uh, a cooking or a food theme. How about Desert Island Discs? What do you mean a cooking or food thing? Like the food like, songs? Yeah, right. Like you have to bring a song that has something to do with cooking it? or food. Yeah, like Love Rain All Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would be a food song? Uh, yummy, 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 I Got Love in My Tummy? Would that qual- qualify? Yeah, I guess that would. But what are you thinking? I mean, a food theme. I haven't, I haven't really thought of a song yet, but I'm, I'm trying to think about what songs about uh what what songs are about food? I don't know. American Pie by yeah, Don McLean. Dude, when is the last time you went to a vinyl party? Um, probably last uh, Mar- January or March. And what was it? What was the theme? Um, I'm trying to think. Was this the one that was cities? It might have been one where it was cities. And didn't you bring Chuck Berry the B side Havana Moon? That's correct. Yeah, Havana Moon. Havana Moon. <laughs> Something even Chuck Berry doesn't want to hear. <laughs> Chuck Berry was embarrassed by that. <laughs> yeah, vinyl enthusiasts will be there. I think like uh, John Hine is joining me, and there's a couple people who work on the staff that would like to go. Wait, to Rachel Ray's apartment? Damn right, I like to see what's doing. Yeah, gonna, I'm going. Oh, I don't even like vinyl. We're right. going to play the entire <laughs> Breakfast in America by Supertramp because it's a scene. How no about fairness, Howard? These are people that were in before they knew where it was going to be. How about hey, good looking? What you got cooking? I mean, How about cooking something up with me? Yeah. Jambalaya, Jambalaya, Hank Williams. Yeah, that's food. <laughs> Goodbye, Joe. <laughs> me gotta go. Me oh my oh. Me so gotta go. Your like favorite food the song. Down the bio. So who works the stereo? In other words, if it's a food theme, the whole album isn't devoted to food, so you have to play singles. Right, so everybody gets up and puts their own album on. But how can oh, you put no, a- I wouldn't let Not the you whole side, touch just my song. equipment. Well, then, so, so maybe uh, if it's super expensive equipment, then John will run the turntable. Let me cue it up to I Am the Eggman, They Are the Eggman, I Am the Walrus by the Beatles. Hmm. That's food. Uh, for more on this topic, let's go to our phone, Rob, and uh, Gary Audiobook is on the line. <laughs> ah. Hi, Gary. How you doing? This is Gary. Yeah. What's up? I love being that guy when it comes to music knowledge. Right. Here, here. I used all the money I earned mowing lawns and delivering newspapers to buy records. I even used my mowing money to buy rock and roll trivia books and plastic sleeves for all my albums. What is I it? I stacked all my 45s on a shelf in my room right next to my bed in alphabetical order. What is it about um, alphabetizing albums and, and being that guy? And what like, is that guy? Yeah. Alphabetically by artist, then chronologically. If I had two 45s by the same artist, they were placed chronologically. I also began to study liner notes. I like knowing who guessed it on which track. 
it was important to me to see that on one of Linda Ronstadt's songs, Andrew Gold did the claps in the background. So why didn't you just learn to play an instrument instead of sitting there and uh, reading about it? Right, I hear you. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> all right, all right, thanks. <laughs> he likes being I don't that know guy. what that guy is. The knowledgeable one, the expert. Mm. How do you how do you figure that out? If, if he's walking down the street, I don't know he's that guy. Hey, you like, I'm I'm that guy. If you would but like a, an answer. At the vinyl party, he'll be that guy. <laughs> Before the internet, people would often call me for to ask questions about music. That's being I that see. guy. All right. If you must know, Robin. What's so great about being that guy, honestly? I don't know. It's kinda it's kinda nice to know you have knowledge of something. Right. Uh, Gary Puppet, are you uh, that guy? I'm that guy. Right. <laughs> Put the lime in the coconut, you eat the mold. Oh, you're working on... I guess you coconut. could do that. Fish heads by Bonds and Bonds. You're you're thinking of... Pound uh, cake by Van Halen. Gary Puppet, you're thinking about uh, a food-related... Lady uh, Marmalade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You really are that guy, aren't you? Voulez-vous coucher avec moi, ce soir? But that's will you make love to me. What is that about food? Oh, Lady so Marmalade. Lady oh, Marmalade. Oh, yeah, see? The You're eating hair pie. I see. Yeah. All oh. right. <laughs> Anything by Cream? Real Gary, does uh, everyone high five when a really cool song comes on? Or um, no. no. I mean, Or are they talking over every song? Everybody is talking, right? And then when it's somebody's the next person's turn up, they come and give Ice their, Cream Man's coming on. They give their little spiel about why they picked the song and then the song plays and then everybody oh. continues to drink and talk and then the next person comes up. Right. All right. Just a social minute, gathering. It's not it's not like a um, you know, not like there's not a lot of rules. Can Robin Robin better not go cuz she doesn't understand this whole he thing. He can come. Uh, well, listen, the the whole thing people try to sell you on with this vinyl is that it's an amazing listening experience. That's not true. Rachel just was in here. She said it's also a very, like, she says it's a sex experience. She just likes putting it on. And uh, it's not, the listening is part of it. All right, I'm going to kill part. myself. All right, thanks, guys. Uh-huh. Right, Robin, what else is in <laughs> But the I'm just saying, they put a party together, a vinyl, and then they talk over it. Well, hopefully you'll be invited and you'll shush everyone. <laughs> You know, we've been talking about these award shows. Gary had me to uh, one of the vinyl parties, and I broke all the records over his head, and he won't (laughs) me back. Hey, Gary, oh, by the way, I have a breaking news. What? Gary, did you friend me on Facebook? You sent me a friend request. Like a year and a half ago. I just went through them because I'm never on Facebook, and I saw Gary sent me a friend request. Because I refriended you. Like I think I told you this, and you're like, I don't know. Because it said that you had... um, it said that you had too many friends. You'd reach a limit of friends. No, I mean, uh, listen, I, I'm hardly on Facebook, but, I, you know, I know you unfriended me. And then I, I said to my wife, I think Gary friended me. And I did. I friended you, you back. Friend request. And then I went on Gary's website to look, you know, because yeah. I was going to friend. And I started looking and I said, oh, my God, I can't friend him because I'm ready to goof again on all of his posts. <laughs> I better stay off it. <laughs> So you didn't friend him? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it alone. I don't want to bust his balls. All right, Robin. What? Anything else in the news? Yes, I was talking about the fact that they've been having these award shows and no hosts. Right. We talked about a couple of them, and we said these things need hosts. Yes. Ricky Gervais is coming back to host the Golden Globes. Thank God. You know, every time he does it, he does something. They say, "Oh, we'll never have him back again." 
<laughs> and then they hire him again. So they have hired him again, and he will be hosting the Golden Globes. He's day. actually really good at it. He is. He's yeah. a very good host. Do you, uh, Robin? He, he loves to piss them off. <laughs> uh, Robin, what else is in the news? Well, uh, what is this site called? Nameberry. They have come out with their predictions of what will be the hottest names in 2020. And I said to myself, as soon as I saw this list, why would you name your child any of these names if everybody's going to be using them? Right. But what do I know? They are the weirdest names for the most part. One is... Hugh Jassel. Ada. Ada's a beautiful name. You think so? I mean, nothing Reese? Nothing as nice as Howard, but... <laughs> but I don't understand. Ada? It looks like a duh. That's immediately. This is a list of what names that people are. Names that people are going to be using. These are going to be the hot names of 2020. Wow. This How is about uh, Schwanguli? <laughs> Not on the list. Reese, Mika, Paisley, and Amina are the top wow. five of uh, names for girls. Amina. Mina, come to me. But it was Mina, not Amina. Oh. How about Human Newman? <laughs> Austin. Oh, you know what was interesting to me on this list? I think number 10 was Billy for girls. And they're attributing that to Billie Eilish's success. Right. So she's even uh, influencing people to use the name Billy. She's so hot. I was always high on the name Willie Fistergash. Willie Fistergash. <laughs> Shame you didn't have a son. Right. Austin for boys, Alva. Svee. Acacius. Right. Tate and Diego are the top five for boys. Uh, Bert is on the phone, says he has an idea for Gary's vinyl party that he wants mm -hmm. to share with him. All right, Bert, what's your idea? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> morning, Howard. How are morning. you? Guys? Yeah. Hey, listen. If Gary's going to have uh, <clears throat> people over, perhaps he would uh, serve plantain chips for the uh, listening party. What a great idea! Plantain chips at the yeah, uh, record party. Heard them in a while. Yeah, I'm sure. I he's... don't know that he likes <laughs> to share those. Yeah, he keeps them in his desk, finest, <laughs> locked up. All right. Uh, what else, Robin? The sexiest man, people has named their sexiest man of the year this year, and it is John Legend. Really? Yes. I don't know how I feel about that. Hey, Boner. I think a lot of people are questioning. <laughs> Do you John feel he Legend? is sexy? I think he's a very romantic man. He, he writes these great love songs. But uh, John Legend is Sexiest man? What about Bradley I'm not sure Cooper? About that. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper's a sexy man. There you go. What about uh, like a uh, like some... last year? It was Idris Elba, and if anybody reeks of sex, it's Idris Elba. Oh, I know. I think about him in my asshole. <laughs> uh, we're not on now, right? The, no, the nobody over. can hear us. What'd you just say? I said when he's inside of me, I I, I would throb. Oh, my God. Oh, wait a second. The, it's 1059. We're still on the air. I've just ruined yes, my entire reputation. Still, people are listening. I, uh, but anyway, no, here's John Legend all right. on how he feels about being named the sexiest. Hmm. All right. I feel sexiest when... Uh, Look at this guy. 
I've come home from a night out. We've had a couple glasses of wine. And I turn on that Toto toilet and shove that water up my asshole. <laughs> and it's just the most, like, serene, relaxed time. Why can't I have and this honor? We're in our I'm in the dumb radio hall of fame. I, I, want, I want that honor. You sexy. want the sexiest man. Honor. Howard, what makes you sexy? Oh, when I pass wind, I just lift up on one cheek. It's so hot. <laughs> hey, close still. I'm about to come off eventually, but we're just like feeling yeah, good. What the fuck's he talking about? Good See, feeling. he's trying too hard yeah. to be sexy. Uh, what I like to Nobody do. Nobody asked Idris Elba anything. They just said, God, look at him. He's sexy. I won most vomitous man three years in a row. <laughs> Satiated from a great meal and some great wine. I feel very sexy there. Yeah, I got to talk more like him. Yeah, man, yeah. I feel real sexy when I when I uh, put on my Tommy John underpants and I just look at myself in the mirror. That's some voice he puts on. I feel sexiest when uh, yeah. I've come home from a night out. We've had a couple glasses of wine. And I like to rub my ass on the carpet. Like I'm trying, what is he saying? I don't know. Put me to sleep. Ass treaks. All right. Good for him. But he's the guy. It's kind of like Ronnie's sexy voice when he does those sex steps. Yeah. Ass treaks. Creepy. This is the world's creepiest man. Hey, kids. <laughs> when he's Ash treaks. Oh. And I love John Legend. He's a great songwriter, great singer. I feel sexiest when I, I check the toilet paper after I wipe. I want to see what's on. <laughs> I have a very... Very, very, like, smooth pussy. It doesn't bulge out like a lot of them do. <laughs> there you go, pal. Right. Yeah. For years and years and years, Howard, there were rumors that Whitney Houston uh, had a physical affair with her assistant, Robin. I believe that. In fact, a lot of people used to think I was that Robin, and they would call in and say, I, believe I know Robin's lesbian because she's in an affair with Whitney Houston. Oh, how great would that have been? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. No, I couldn't have lasted 10 seconds with Whitney Houston. But anyway, Robin, I guess, has now written a book, and she's out promoting that book. She was on the Today Show, and here she is saying that she and Whitney were physical early on, 1-1. One, one. Our friendship was was a deep friendship nice in the early part of that friendship go ahead it was physical who knew <laughs> about the romantic aspect of your relationship with oh you talk so i hard. would say no one it was mm -hmm. it was ours oh yeah <laughs> physical relationship how unsexy oh, is that physical relationship just tell me what you did <laughs> yeah, what does that mean did you go down on her or not Robin says before Whitney started getting famous, Whitney told her that she thought they should stop being physical. One she day. said, I don't believe we should be physical anymore. Mm, yeah. The music business was a world that we were learning and we didn't want anything to interfere with where she was going. Were you were you 69? Were you angry? Were you disappointed? I just felt yeah. that I wouldn't be losing much. I still loved her the same. Mm. And she loved me. I loved and her. And that was good enough. Man, can you imagine getting on with a young Whitney Houston? No. <laughs> and I would just spread my legs and 
she would do a vocal warm-up onto my vagina. There you go. This is me uh, being in a lesbian relationship with... Uh, How could with, you be in a lesbian relationship? I'm just fantasizing. <laughs> now you're a woman? Yeah. I'm oh. a sexy woman with a deep, deep voice. <laughs> After she would do a warm-up into my vagina, she would beat my ass. Robin. I want the details. What does this physical relationship entail? She needs to be in here being interviewed. Yes. That's what the problem is. There, there come a time where you 69. <laughs> I got to do something about my nighttime look. <laughs> <laughs> I realize it must be hideous. Oh. Uh, yes, Robin. Oh, All right, yeah. Robin, anything oh. else in the news? Yes, yeah, Sarah oh. Palin is talking about uh, her problems in her marriage. She was no. on some kind of, a, I guess, a podcast called The Family Talk Christian Ministry. Ooh. Sounds like a show and I should book myself on. <laughs> that's right. Next time you uh, do some book promotion, yeah. you should be on that podcast. So she was speaking to the host, James uh, Dobson. Right. And she says that she found out about her divorce in an email. 116. Mm. In an email? Yeah. You found out that you were, your husband was filing for a divorce from his lawyer. I did. He did not even tell you. Um, I, I did. Um, I found out from uh, an email from an attorney saying that she was hired and that was, um, on June 19th. Can you imagine that woman was almost vice president of the United States? Wow. Just listen to her. What are we going to dump on the husband now on this Christian radio show? I'll never well, forget she it. Says it's not necessarily over, but go ahead and play this. And then on uh, on Todd's birthday, a week after our thirty first anniversary, is when when he filed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not easy to talk about. I did it. But it's not over yet. Was it? We're going through counseling now, so it's not over. Over, you know. And attorneys are getting rich off of us and i don't like that whole system it makes no sense to me mm, easy Jeez. jesus yeah. yeah just imagine her running the world she is hot though that's okay that you don't have to run the world let her run the world just because she's hot <laughs> hey maria hi howard i love you so much Thank um you. i i just I want to tell you, you are without a doubt the sexiest man alive. I've had this See? discussion with you before. You argue with me about it, but I have to tell you, you have chiseled features, right. strong features. You're handsome. I have the I have the chiseled features of a witch. People oh, don't realize that. No, no. I please. wish you would stop saying that. Oh, ah, I'll stop tomorrow. So handsome. <laughs> Thank you, you Maria. So handsome. Thank you for Love that. Love you. Love you. I should send you the picture someone sent to me. A couple of weekends ago, somebody just was going through some of their old pictures, and they had a picture of you. Oh, yeah? It's so beautiful. Look at this. Yeah, quickly get me that picture, Robin. <laughs> I mean that. What is it, Mike? I need that picture. I'm going to blow it up and, uh, <laughs> and and actually tape it to my face tonight. Before uh, maybe Beth that'll be your Christmas present. Yeah, please. <laughs> Mike, go ahead in Canada. Hey, how you doing? All right. It's an honor to speak to you, sir. Thank you. Uh, I know... You're in the middle right now, so you can't really see outside, but I want to let you know that all of your longtime listeners like me, I started listening when I was 13. I'm 40 now, so I'll let you do the math. I don't know what it is. But 
today's show, honest to God, feels like a pinnacle. Really? Um, I mean, of course. Honestly, I mean, every show is great, but it feels like a pinnacle today. Uh, the the sad part at start, and then, you know, that the the rant, the Oprah rant. Honestly, um, the best way I could describe it is, you took the entire audience for however long that went on, put them inside your brain as if it was an art gallery, and walked us around. Really? Because like, I mean, I know. Totally took us all. <laughs> totally took us all inside your psyche and. It was amazing, and then I thought, wow, it was so awesome. And then all of a sudden, this person comes on, Rachel Ray, which I know of her because, I mean, I have a wife, so, you know, right. they're all into that stuff, you know? Yes. It was a perfectly the crafted show is what you're saying. Honestly, the best yeah. interview ever with Rachel Ray comes right after that. And then, you know, it's crazy. Like, she sat down and spoke with you as if you guys were in your living room. And yes. None of us were even listening. You know what I mean? She was totally like, "Well, Mike, thank you." Hollywood, like this. You just made my day. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. All right. All Thanks, right. sir. Mike from Canada says today was perfectly crafted. Oh, it's a pinnacle. I don't know what that means. It's the pinnacle of my career. You know what it means? Everything downhill from here. Yes. Oh dear. I'll never top that. <laughs> By the way, I—that's what I was going for when I was ranting about Oprah. I was trying to take you in a walk through my mind. So, like a gallery. Like a gallery. Yes, that's what I had in mind. This guy gets me. <laughs> Well, isn't that wonderful? And give me that picture, yes. Robin. Right. Beautiful, uh, beautiful. Anything else in the news, Robin? Uh, guess what? What? If you're freezing today. I am. You are not alone. Yeah. One in three Americans, or actually more, two out of three Americans are shivering under this Arctic mass that's moving through. I hate it. Can I you imagine... That the cold, this is, first of all, too early in the season. Yes. And yet, two-thirds of Americans are experiencing it. I want to live in Florida. And it's going to be another cold day. Temperatures, according to the weather people, are still dropping. So we are probably going to get into the 20s and maybe even the teens. I want to live in Florida. Well, this would be the time. You know, you wonder why people travel when they do shows. I was thinking about this. Let's travel. Now we should be going to Los Angeles. Yeah, but why did we go when it was warm? (laughs) It was so nice. And we should be staying for more than a week. Yeah, and you know, most of the people who work with us are protected by layers of blubber. I don't, I don't have that. Jason and Gary and John. Do they feel the cold? No, they. Is it different for them? No, this is their summer. <laughs> <clears throat> there are people who you see walking around New York in shirt sleeves, even in weather like I know, this. I know. I don't understand what's going on with that. Those are assholes. <laughs> they really are. They're just assholes. Is I knew right? a guy like that once. Yeah. <laughs> he was a total asshole. <laughs> would walk around well, and I'm glad I, now to know what in the winter I don't change my clothes I just wear you know I don't even wear an overcoat I'm like good for you asshole Dish. asshole <laughs> <laughs> also silly. in the news Howard Hillary Clinton says she can't completely rule out another run for the presidency one six really she said that 
Are you going to run again? No, not no. I'm that is that is a hundred percent. So in a few days, I'm not going to open my newspaper. <laughs> Look, I as I say, never, never, never say never. Um, and I I will certainly tell you, I'm under enormous pressure from many, many, many people to think about it. But as of this moment, sitting here in this studio talking to you, that is absolutely not in my plans. Well, I told you, I I think she would have been probably one of the best presidents we ever had. And I know that's not a popular opinion these days, but I still believe it. I do believe well, that. I'm sorry, Rob. Maybe you'll get your wish. Maybe she'll jump into the race. Well, do you think that would be a good idea? Uh, I don't know. You know, people are like they blame her for not uh, trying hard enough. But, you know, there's a million different things. And people have uh, bitter feelings uh, who are not happy with the current situation. But uh, because Bloomberg got in because. He doesn't see anybody who could beat Trump in the current field. Uh, Biden is upset now that a couple of these people are getting into the race. There's another candidate, uh, Montana Governor Steve Bullock, who has decided to officially get himself on the ballot in New Hampshire. And uh, he says he's different from the rest of the Democratic pack that's out there now. And so a lot of people are discontented, it seems, with the current crop. Oh, here's an update. Benji didn't wear a coat to work. Here we go. He's wearing a T-shirt. Oh, great. Listen, I I like Benji. I don't want to goof on him. But what is the point in not wearing a coat in the middle of but a does freezing... he get out of his house and run into a car and then run into the building? If he's outside for three seconds, put on a coat. Why be cold? What's that prove? Is that an accomplishment? Yeah, I don't know. I don't get that. I see these people walking around in freezing cold days with no with the, with a t-shirt. He's wearing a t-shirt. Benji, aren't you cold? Ah. Ah. Ah, twice if you're cold. Aren't you? Why? What? What was you? What's your point? Actually? Honestly, I'm not bull- bullshitting here. I don't want a funny answer. No. When I was a kid, I did think it looked like cool. I thought it was like really uncool to wear a coat or a hat. Okay. But now, this is the true answer. I would love to get a winter coat. I have trouble deciding which coat to buy. You see, that sounds silly to me. It's not a joke, and it, it is. You can't go to a store, see a coat you like, and buy it. it it's because I'm. I I want to get the perfect one. And that's with a lot of things in my life. Benji, like, no, no, no. I agree that that is a. All right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Didn't I give you a coat last year? And I, where? <laughs> what happened to that? Um, it's a beautiful coat, and it just um, there was another guy that works with us that that uh, it fit better, and I gave it to him. Uh, <laughs> all uh, right. Uh, Thanks. Wow. Uh, what do you think of that? Uh, I don't think anything of it. I'm sorry you asked. Yeah. <laughs> he can't find the right coat because the he right won't. one. I never know if he's putting me on or not. Maybe he's not. I know he he like he doesn't even have a wallet. He walks around with a plastic bag and he puts money in it. Right, because there's no perfect wallet. Either. Is that the reason? <laughs> Did you ever get a wallet, Benji? I got to ask. I'm sorry. I know we're late. I just got to know. I know I'm going down the rabbit hole here, but did you ever, did you ever get a wallet or you still walk around with that plastic bag full of money? I had a problem with the plastic bag. I go to 
twelve step meeting. You you have a drink. A twelve step meeting for eating. Oh, for oh, Overeaters yeah. Anonymous. You go to Overeaters Anonymous. It's such a great. And no, no, it's like such. Twelve step meetings are so supportive. It's like a so great. How's that going? Are you losing weight? So I was in a meeting and uh, <laughs> someone's like, they pass a bag to collect money for rent for the room. Right. You put in like two or three dollars, and someone goes, "Where's the bag?" And I just didn't really pay attention to it. So they said it again, like the treasurer, where's the bag? And then also I was like, oh my God, I pocketed the bag by mistake Uh-oh. because it's a plastic bag. Yeah. I got confused. I thought it was my wallet bag. So I had to pull out. I was like, look, I have two bags. I'm really sorry. Right. And they laughed. They believed me. But so I did start after that. I started using uh, a couple years ago, Wendy, the slow adult got me a wallet and I started using that one. All right. <laughs> so. Fascinating. He confused his plastic bag with the bag they were passing <laughs> it was around. very embarrassing. All right. Well, thank you, Benji. Fascinating. You put... <laughs> what, did I, what did I do wrong? Nothing. In other words, I want to get out of here, so I'm not going to belabor this. Okay. I just wanted to hear why, if you had a wallet, and I heard it, and now I'm done. Yeah. That's it. Now go outside and freeze. <laughs> thank you. What is it, Jason? I have a weird Benji update. Go ahead. <laughs> he was just seen uh, right before he came in here. Drinking salsa straight from the can. Wow. Or straight from the, wow. the bottle, whatever. Why would is. you do that? How, like, the ovaries anonymous has to tell you that that's not good for you in terms of calories, even. No, no, that was just because I had salsa and I was just in a But mood. why would you drink that straight? Through? It's not even good for I you. I wasn't drinking it, it's I processed. was eating it. No, it wasn't. It's not processed kind. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Uh, whatever your name is, Jason. <laughs> wow. There's a guy going over. He's anonymous. He's drinking out of a salsa bottle. It's crazy to me. Anything else, Robin, you want to wrap up with? Uh, yes. The House impeachment uh, inquiry hearings are starting today. Uh, in fact, at 10 a.m. this morning, they started. Are you going to be riveted no. to your TV for these proceedings? No, I can't take it. Is it going to be like, uh, remember Watergate? Yes. Did you watch those nonstop? No, I didn't. No? No, I was jerking off in my room. I'll be honest. Oh, I don't want to okay. lie. I, my I mother was... couldn't find me for the Watergate hearings. <laughs> I was in my room jerking off. I was absolutely time. riveted to those hearings. Yeah. I don't know that I'll be rivet, riveted to these. I, I just don't. Uh, I'm afraid that we don't have any firsthand testimony. I read something today that said most of the information that the Democrats have gathered is secondhand. And I think that's a very difficult road to go down if you're going to make a case against the president. So I'm just, uh, I don't know that I want to see them go down in defeat. Again, what I'm uh, thinking about is that there's a guy working for me that doesn't have a winter coat because he, can't find the best one. He gave yours away. Yeah. <laughs> Howard, I, I know you're not looking for debate at this hour, but like half the office spilled into my office and disagree with Robin's last statement. They're saying that most of the people who are testifying were people who were on the call. Yes, that's what I read. Well, I just read something today that said it was secondhand, and that's what I was reacting to. Well, tune in and find out. Yeah, I guess I'll now have to listen to see whether it's first-hand or second-hand. Anybody know what Ivanka might be wearing to the hearings, or she's not going? She's not going. Oh, too bad. 
And uh, Rudy Giuliani has uh, decided to, he wrote an op-ed piece about the whole thing and said uh, the reason that the president shouldn't be impeached because the conversation about the investigation of Hunter Biden was only six lines of the entire transcript. And so you can't impeach a president for six lines of uh, conversation, dialogue. And other people are saying, well, you know, it's not the how long it took you to commit the crime. It's whether you committed the crime. So it's all kind of crazy. Yeah. But anyway, uh, President Carter, I'll end who up is back it. in the hospital, is out of surgery. His surgery was termed successful, but he's still in the hospital for evaluation. So uh, he came through that okay. It was a surgery to uh, relieve some pressure on the brain. Mm. I have a lot of pressure on my brain. But I, I don't just, think you have the same pressure. I leave it alone. His was from bleeding on the brain from one of those falls he took. So I don't think you could say that. Oh, no, I thought he got it from uh, chugging salsa sauce out of a jar. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bezos is considering buying an NFL team. That's what some people are saying. Well, he's got enough money. And right. he could do that, but they say no teams are for sale right now. But a couple could be coming up for sale because some owners have passed away and maybe they'll go on the market. Right. And the NFL has invited Colin Kaepernick to work out on Saturday and therefore um, team owners and coaches and scouts and whoever could show up and see him work out, see what they think, and maybe... Uh, offer him a job in the NFL. So right. that's going on. I don't know right. how that happened, but it's happening. And finally this morning in Hong Kong, they say that the city is on the brink of a total breakdown because of the anti-government protesters. Wow. So we could see that whole place fall apart. Protesters set up roadblocks on major thoroughfares causing paralysis in the city. Riot police have been deployed and there are reports of police uh, firing tear gas. The protesters are demonstrating against alleged meddling by Beijing in the freedoms guaranteed to Hong Kong since the former British colony was returned to China in 1997. So that's still going on. Right. And that's what's happening. Thanks, Robin.